I'm Amanda Connor, and I'm with Harley Quinn, and she's that dangerous girl that you all love so much. And you're listening to Top Five Comics Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today we have the smartest man in the room, Mike. Stretch this. The ever-loving blue-eyed thing, Ross. It's clobbering time. The invisible lady, Curtis. Let's get invisible, invisible. And the Human Torch, CBS. Flame on? <laughs> Welcome to episode number 43. Is that right? 40, 43? Mm-hmm. You shaking your head doesn't help people hear you. Nodding. Oh, okay, nodding. Not enough. Have you not been alive? Welcome to episode 43. All right, so today we're doing can't like a bunch of monkeys. Surprised we made it this far. <clears throat> right? Oh my God. Uh, today we're going to be doing uh, Batgirl. That didn't come out of my mouth quite right. Reviewing Batgirl 35. Man, <clears throat> Black Science number nine. Uh, Birthright number one. Thor number one. And witches, number one. It's a lot of number ones. It, it is. We should just change it to a number one show. It does not do anything else but number one. We had Sabrina, but... It's too late now. We could all read it right now. No. You have five minutes. No. 30 minutes of silence. Not, not, not an option, because they all have to sit through it. And they have to listen to you read it out loud half the time, which I guess you just read the whole thing and be fine, but you skip lines. If I could read it to everybody... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Son of Curtis. <laughs> right? This isn't singing, to- singing along with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Story time with Curtis. All right, let's uh, go ahead and open up Ross. Uh, you got some Ross in the uh, dog pile with some news? Um, I do have a little bit. It was, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> got to remember, start up the brain again. Someone get the hamster running. <laughs> we had uh, one of the bigger things this past couple weeks was they announced that Sony yeah I think Sony Paramount and Marvel okay. are working together to try to get Spider-Man in the main Marvel universe of movies so they're working to try to move Spider-Man over to play with the Avengers and the rest of the Marvel movie properties yep that's interesting considering the Fox had the cameo for the X-Men at the end of the Spider-Man movie in the theaters yeah. The whole director deal or whatever. Yeah, yeah but they can cut off. that from the reel. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah, there's no... I mean, it wasn't actually even part of the movie. It was like, uh, yeah, a trailer at the end of the movie. Right, yeah, that's true. It was only it was a trailer. And? Uh, we had some uh, discrepancies, I guess, online. A lot of people were upset about some official DC t-shirts that were being made. Okay. Um, what was it they said? All the uh, Superman shirt, yeah, Superman scores, yeah, again or something like that. Yeah, it's got him holding Wonder Woman on the front of it. There's also one that said it was a lady shirt that said "Training to be Batman's Wife." What's offensive yeah, about that? You know, I, I don't well, it doesn't really take much it, these but days, but it's true. I think people just like to be upset about everything. 
That's a good possibility. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I can see the whatever, but there's there's a lot of shirts that just say stupid crap on them regardless, so why anybody would get offended <clears throat> about any of it? Mm. Like, what's the point? Other than the Cry River. Well, DC agreed with them. And oh, well, this because DC's got no spine. Decided they're going to change. Or... I'm sure they don't actually read, like, the... Everything that goes out. Yeah, we're going to make a Superman shirt. Okay, mm. make your Superman shirt. <clears throat> Well, you think there'd be somebody in charge of somebody in marketing that's like approved, not approved, like the George Lucas giant stamp? There's got to be a guy that does that over there, right? I don't even know if they were distributed through graffiti either. I think they were I don't in think like so. Hot Topic or something. Yeah. Chances are somebody <coughs> bought rights to make shirts and that was what they made. And ultimately, you think they would have had to submit something to DC about it or whoever's in control of that nonsense. But. So F for fail. Yep. Speaking of Fs. Okay. Apparently, uh, Fantastic Four is ending. The book. Yeah. Correct. Marvel is pulling the plug on the old Fantastic Four. While the Fantastic Four movie from Fox runs? It has something to do with some, I don't know, they've, whatever, I, I kind of glazed over it, but some, right. the main shareholder for Disney Marvel is having a battle with Fox over promotional stuff with the movie and, and between all that all their BS and he got rather angry and decided that that'd be better just to cancel the book because sales aren't that great I mean it's okay they're okay but just cancel right. it and they're gonna revert back to the old numbering and I believe if I remember correctly they're gonna end it at 645 the last issue will be like three issues so we'll get a another, big book. another number jump and it'll be a big number to yeah, they're going to end at like 6.45 or something like that. Okay. And then it'll be done. I wonder, are they, do you think they're still going to do stuff with those characters in other books? I would assume so. Anything they're tied to, probably. Well, I think they mentioned something about the Invisible Woman's going to have something to do with uh, helping the Avengers do something in another event, upcoming event. Yeah, she was pretty big in Axis, wasn't she? Or she's going to be? Uh, she appears in the book a lot, yeah. So I have to assume she'll be a big part of that story. But this won't happen. They, they, this is going to be a minute before until, like, it happens, yeah. January like starts that. there somewhere. Her and Wolverine were in uh, Age of Ultron together for a long time. Yeah, they're so both in Age of Ultron. They can use her and, and Ben and everybody else. Well, yeah, as far continue. as the characters are concerned, I mean, they could easily split <laughs> them all up. It's hard to say what they're going to do at the end of the book. And I guess they're going to, I guess they're pulling the plug on the, the future foundation also. Yep. And I think all that is because of this whole whatever dispute's going on with Fox. So they don't want to be promoting anything related to anything that would help Fox make any money. Not that the books really affect the movies or vice versa. And not that the not that the fans of the books matter. No, not yeah, apparently not. I guess we're just going to go see the movie because we can't get enough Fantastic Four. Uh, I'm not going to be on that list, but well, no, it's understandable. I, 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 yeah, Fantastic Fantastic Four name only. Well, and like when they originally announced that, this is kind of old, a little bit of old news, but now that it's connected to the Canceling both books, I guess, it's a little, little brought back up again. But originally, when they did that, Dark Horse Comics signed up to make the Fantastic Four movie books because it's they well, could buy the rights to it, I guess. From Fox. From Fox, yeah. So it's going to be a translation of the movie comic book being done through Dark Horse Comics. That's mm -hmm. crazy. A little bit, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely an odd, an odd. Uh, man, I don't even know what to say about it. It's weird. It's, yeah. like it's like they're doing it on purpose just to piss them off. I wouldn't doubt that. Now think about that. another key to what you just said there. 
what property did is is Dark Horse losing at the end of the year? Star Wars. All right, Star Wars. So, and where is Star Wars going? Mm-hmm. That's right. So now the mouse is going to be running around with the freaking lightsabers and stuff. So, if I was Dark Horse, yeah, as soon as I saw a chance to do whatever, to kind of I don't know, piss in the neighbor's backyard, I guess I would. That's what Star Horse is up to. I read about this too. They're bringing Frankenstein into the Hellboy universe. That's interesting. It's going to be Mike Nolan's Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. They've done other stuff like miniseries, but they're bringing him into the Hellboy world. I'm cool with that. We've got a new new book that's going to start in a couple months. um, Hellboy and the BPRD. That's maybe in January. It's in the newest catalogs for October now. So yeah, because that Frankenstein book is going to be a miniseries. That's cool. I'm happy with that. There's something else I read the, online the other day, not to take Ross's job here. Okay, okay. One, one more thing dealing with movie rights. Oh, okay. So uh, there is an article. Did, were you talked about this, the Chris Claremont article? Okay, so uh, there was some during some interview that Chris Claremont and a few other writers from Marvel about the, X, the X-Men franchise writers were talking during an interview, I guess, with IGN. And... Uh, during the interview, he made a mention about how it was going to get tough pretty soon for people in the X-Men camp to write things because they're not going to be allowed to create any new characters. So if you're on an X-Book, you're not going to be allowed to make anything new. And I thought, well, that's not a big a deal. But right now we're in the middle of this whole Inhuman thing and then the rebirth of the Phoenix. So it's kind of like a big thing to make characters now if you're going to do it. Does that, does that include, like, big characters or just every character in it general? It means every character in general, they're not allowed to create anything new. That's actually kind of crazy. It's kind of it hard. Here's how they're going to probably circumvent that. Huh. Inhumans isn't part of the Xbox. No, it's not. So they make it in Inhumans and bring it over. Well, that's it, possible, too. And apparently if it's created underneath the all-new Marvel Now banner, then I guess somehow technically that's considered to be a different part of marvel i guess it's probably a different uh, contract maybe but uh the whole reason it is is because they don't want to be giving anything new to fox to play with so characters created in the x-men books automatically become x-men franchise property all automatically become movie property for fox so they're huh. but i thought i also read about them kind of twisting the scarlet witch quicksilver story where it suits them better to that they're actually not mutants, they're inhumans. I heard something about that. It's I'm hard not. to say what they're going to do with that. Like, for the movie sake of things, like, what they're doing on the Marvel side of things is they're making them... They were originally, I guess, being going to be called Miracles, and now they're being called... Uh, gosh, there's a different name for it. It's better. Uh, gifted? So instead of being mutants, they're gifted. And that's how they got around them, the whole mutant contract thing with the movies. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see what it winds up being. I guess it's the term they're using in this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show now, too, as a gifted person. It's kind of crazy to have one company, like, competing in between itself. Right? It's it's a little odd. Uh, it's the whole landscape of Disney not Disney and Fox not playing together. Yeah. And like, this is the first time we've really seen anything actually affect the books from the Disney purchase. I mean, say within a couple random Cars books coming out and the One Monsters, Inc. book and a couple Toy Story kids books... Yeah. Nothing's really changed from the Marvel side of things. They've had those crazy Disneyland books too. But right, that's true. But well, they that did really sign the landscape. Uh, I've read something about that too. They're going to have like Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse books. Do somebody doing those? And I might be Dark Horse. Yeah, if it is, then I guess they're, that's they're, great. they gave a contract just yeah. to another Maybe publisher for them to be able to do those characters. 
Now, prior to them buying out Marvel, they were originally with Boom, because Boom had a line of comics called Boom Kids. And the Boom's Kids had all the Mickey Mouse characters and all the Dark Horse, or Dark, Dark Wing Duck stuff and the Chippendale yeah. and all that stuff was done through them, and there were no affiliation to Disney at all. And their contract wrapped up right about the time Disney bought Marvel, and that was pretty much the end of Boom Kids. So, setup-wise, it, it, it's the first time we've really seen the Marvel Universe affected by the Disney persona of things. Because mm. up to this point, it hasn't mattered. Yeah. Nothing's it's changed. It's been pretty background. Yeah. That's not going to stop the movies from making their own characters, either. Oh, no. As far as, as far as that goes, I guess if they wanted to create a new X character in the X franchise, they could. I don't know That'd what they That would be kind of make. interesting if they did. Right. Just to see if it does adapt ever into the comics and, and stuff. There, there's also rumors about a X-Men TV show. Oh, oh yeah, I've heard about that, so, too. It, if you're going to start throwing new mutants into the into the mix, well, there you go. It's not the first time they've done an X TV show, either. I mean, they did Mutant X, God, what, like 10 years ago? More than that. It freaking terrible. But I don't even know what it is. It was, was X-Men. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you're not a Marvel guy. That's all right. They uh, so there was a well, there's Havoc. A, they, they, oh, they actually didn't okay. have anything to do with that. I know, but that's what it was based off of. A little bit. So we had there was a book that came out that was called Mutant X, and it was about Havoc being transferred into another universe, um, like an alternate universe, because apparently he died in our universe and died in that universe at the same time. Hmm. So somehow it canceled each other out, and he was transferred into the other universe. And in that universe, everything was way different. Like, Storm was a vampire, and which was pretty awesome. Um, the Blood Queen, the clone of Jean Grey, was his wife. They had a kid. Cool stuff happened in that book. They get to the TV show. They ended the book to make the TV show. And maybe the sales weren't good. I don't know that about that. But when they ended it, the TV show started up with the same title name, and it was supposed to be like a spin-off version of the world, but... It was a different group, Saber, away from Professor X. All new characters. I don't even know if any of those characters were in the Marvel Universe at all. Hmm. But it was very much different, just shared the same name. And it was not good. So Mutant X wraps up, and then so from there, we nothing else really happened TV show-wise. So it's not like the first time they've had an X-Men TV show. Mm-hmm. It might be the first time it was a good one. Yeah, aside and, from the cartoons. Well, yeah, in the cartoon series, that's this different story, too. That's back in the 80s, and... This is before there was ever a Marvel Studios whatsoever, so yeah. back then it was the best you could get was that. Yeah. But as far as turnaround from there, I mean, DC is pretty well rocking it on the TV side of things, so I guess if Fox is going to try to throw their hat in the ring? I'm kind of wondering when that'll come back to bite DC, too, actually. Because having all their shows on different networks doesn't seem to be a good... I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of nice, because no matter where you would turn, you would have something but i'm right. sure somewhere down the line rights wise that's going to be a issue at some point you think the contracts would be a problem the main problem is when you get the season sweeps and gotham decides they want to be on the same night as arrow and yeah. arrow wants to be on the same night as supergirl and supergirl wants to be on the same night as tnt and then pretty soon it's a it's a contest of who's going to watch what and who's yeah. going to get more ratings and then it, it it just becomes a kind of a weird competition for no reason because you're basically playing against yourself. It is cool they're going to have a show on every network, I and mean, that's a cool idea. But at the same time, it only takes one of them to fail before the whole house of cards tumbles. I mean, <clears throat> Supergirl comes out and it's horrible. That's going to burn all of them. 
even if Arrow doesn't deplete and get bad, even if Flash doesn't get bad, even if Gotham rules it, it won't matter because Supergirl is so bad that the rest of them will topple. Yeah. And that's you know it, I that's think, just an example. I mean, I don't think their Supergirl is going to fail. I think having them all on different networks would help stop that part actually a little bit too. Maybe a little bit because they won't be as related to as much. Well, they're not connected, then yeah. But they, even if even if Agents of Shield completely fails, it only takes one before the public consensus becomes a problem. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's not so much a matter of trend of it; it's all a matter of one failing. It's just like what we talked about whenever the Avengers. Then this is a while back now. Nothing to do with the podcast because before the podcast, when the Avengers was getting ready to come out, we all said that if the Avengers does bad, it'll be the new definition of a horrible movie, and it will always be that. But the Avengers did really great. And then from there, we've had this spawn of superhero movies everywhere. So even if one or two of them are bad, the rocks don't get thrown at them because it's such a big thing. But the TV series is, if one of them winds up being terrible, it won't be long before everybody hates them. It'll just yeah. be a card, deck of cards, a house of cards falling. Anyway, that's that's my opinion on that. And I wish I would have had that opinion a couple weeks ago when I did the interview with the girl from the college because we talked about that for a minute. And at the time, I was like, <laughs> stupid. It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> long story, to, it doesn't matter. Go on, Ross. Back to Dark Horse. We did get another kind of crazy announcement from them that they're doing a Predator meets Archie. And it's actually coming out through Dark Horse, too, not through Archie. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I'd seen the pictures for it, but I thought it was coming out from Archie. No, it's actually coming out through uh, Dark Horse. Hmm. And the writer is a writer that worked on... I can't remember. It was something that made no sense to me for him to be working on an Archie book. Huh. But uh, but the artist is is like the classic Archie artist for it, which That's is partially why it looks like it should just be. How <laughs> weird! But it, it, very interesting. Yeah, but he said um, that it's gonna be more in that same classic Archie tone, not not necessarily the afterlife with Archie or Sabrina tone. It'll be right. more in the other one with the predator just there, kind of. Huh. That's odd. I remember uh, I read a little blurb about the a little blurb of the storyline. I guess and I guess the Riverdale kids go to some island on spring break or something. Yeah. And they happen to run into the predator. Yeah, basically. It sounded to me like like the oh. old uh, the shoot Punisher meets Archie. It sounded oh, like similar. Okay. I actually completely forgot about that. But yeah, that's a good point. The lady writing Grindhouse, Alex DeCamp, he's going to be the writer. Okay. Yeah. I can't so, remember. Yeah, no, Grindhouse no. from Dark Horse? Yeah. Wow, that is weird. Mm-hmm. I just remember reading it and thinking that that doesn't sound like someone that would write Archie at all. But No, well, Grindhouse doesn't... No. Wow, okay, that's crazy. <laughs> that's more crazy than it, it sounds. Yeah. If, if you've read Grindhouse, then you'd understand what I'm talking about. Yep. Weird. All right. Um, and then we had where Batman came out. And it was supposed to be an ongoing $5 book. And Scott Snyder and uh, Capullo. Ray Capullo, Capullo fought for it to be a three ninety nine book, right. he said. We had DC decided, that, well, this book's selling a whole lot. This is regular go bucks. Well, they've had a few four or $5 issues. They were all bigger, though. Yeah. Like they, were, they, were, they, but, they made sense price point-wise. From their point of view, well, people bought it and it sold just like it always does anyway. Right. So. Yeah. And um, uh, from what I understand, Schneider and Capullo found out about it at the same time as everybody else. So It's crazy. 
I'm sure that if it did go to being a five dollar every week book, it, they would see their numbers drop quite every a month. Bit from yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. it. It's it's one of those things like a price versus versus good. And no matter what, if they they make it a five dollar book, let's just say, and it runs at five dollars, and then you're talking about trades coming out having seven issues, and the trades being at that point said two dollars less, um, five or six dollars less. Mm-hmm then no one's going to read the regular book and it won't be around anymore. Yeah. I heard somebody else talking about that and made made some sense. I mean, let's say they left it at 5 bucks and it sold just fine, but something else will suffer. Oh, yeah. That's true. Something one else of the other cut. books, one yeah. of the other 399 books or 299 books will suffer. Yeah. We will see something else drop in the same, so the same people to pulling. To keep up. Yeah. So if people are pulling Batman, Batman, Robin, Detective, and then... I don't know, two or three other books from the same franchise. Yeah, One of them something will get in there will get if, dropped, yeah. and it'll, it'll cause a landscape shift. So good books like Batman and Robin might get killed, or Detective, which is good most of the time, will get dropped. Which would be terrible if Detective Comics, like the longest-running comic book, all of a sudden wasn't running because of sales, because of something else. Action Comics. I guess yeah. Action Comics is running. Adventure Comics doesn't Adventure. stopped. So they'd be shooting themselves in the foot, in a sense. Pretty much, yeah. But to DC's credit, they didn't—they didn't raise the price because all throughout Zero Year, right, it was more than twenty-two pages, twenty-one pages. Huh? There was like twenty-six, twenty-five. Oh, that's they never true. raised the price. So yeah. he must be—he's putting in more effort, Capullo, right, and Snyder for the page count, and it was still st- still had the price mark of three ninety-nine, right. So they must have just thought, well, he's putting in more pages. Let's raise the price. But they were happy with what they were doing, so right. they decided, hey, let's not do that. Yeah. Let us you, tell our story the way we want to in right. a format that you're allowing and keep the price down. Well, yeah, I mean, it's good to give credit to both of them as far as that goes. I mean, that's what they do for a job, so mm-hmm. it, being willing to do the extra work or the extended work, I mean, maybe maybe more on Capullo's side, because, mm-hmm. I mean, once the story's written, the story's written, so not that that takes away from Steiner at all, but, right. you know. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting thing, too. The the fact that the price point was only changed because the guys working out were like, yeah, you know, it's not good. Yeah. So, well, it's cool that they care no, enough is, to. Yeah. That, uh, well, they may have thought, hey, our sales are going to drop if we keep this up. It, maybe they did. But and, I mean, they're getting paid regardless. Right. Because they're contracted. Yep. So, But it's cool that they had that, that site to be like, hey, let's keep it down for the fans and let us tell our story. Right, yeah, I do like that. All right, so we got a couple. Is there any more news, Ross? There is one thing. What's that? The Batman from the Lego movie is going to get his own movie. The Batman from the Lego movie is going to get his own movie. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yep. He the Batman that sings. He, he has his own song. Mm-hmm. Yep. Darkness. Are you serious? I'm serious. That I, you know, hey, he did get. It, it was a pretty big popularity boost, mm-hmm. like for. It was definitely man. That's for Lego and Batman. Huh. That. That's it's like a theater movie, not like a DVD. Nope. With theater. a little man. Full screen release. That is, wow. Mm-hmm. Ross, what do you think man, about that's that? That's crazy. That's the first animated Batman movie since Mask of the Phantasm. But when was the big screen theater, yeah. theatrical? Yeah. Mask of the Phantasm didn't do very good in no. theaters. But this is going to be like kids are going to flock oh, to I'm this. Oh, I'm sure. You can take you'll have to release it That's pretty true. soon, though. Yeah. 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 yeah, Mask of the Phantasm definitely pushed the lines of what they were. At the time, yes. That was like 95 or 93. Yeah. 
That that's actually I was listening to an interview with Mark Hamill about it, and people would always ask him why the Joker doesn't kill people in the TV show and stuff. Like he would know, but right. And he said that when they made the movie, they finally let him do that, and it made like a whole and like not a huge tone change, but a little bit of. Oh yeah, it definitely yeah. definitely was different. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty. That's interesting. That's that's interesting news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. All right, uh, was that news-wise? Was that good? That's it, I think. Yeah, Call for a second. Okay. Um, so we had a couple questions come in, uh, viewer style. Uh, Curtis, you got one over there? I don't. Yeah, you know, he has sitting right okay. next to you. <clears throat> so, again, this is from uh, Tan Lantern. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for going over my last question the way you did. It was fun. I don't have much time to share. I don't have much time, so here's another one that I hope you will equally will be I hope will be equally entertaining there's no B in there it tripped me out okay <laughs> each of you choose one character from DC and one from Marvel can be anyone now plot the storyline that you would like to see can be a team up a battle whatever also pick the artist that you would like to draw it that's all for now keep up the great work thanks the tan effing lantern peace <laughs> sorry no, it's all, right. it's all right. When you read it out loud, it's a lot different. <laughs> it's funny. When you read in funny voices, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's only only when it's a normal one. Want to try it again? No, no, you're good. All right. It, it doesn't either. No, it's fine. That's Colonel Sanders? No, yeah. He would do just... He would do fantastic. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Chicken and all. Uh, so let's see. Who wants to go first with this? I don't know if any of us had time to think about it. The, do you want a second to think about it and we'll go over the other one? There's another one? Well, yeah, Prime wanted to talk about, wanted to know what we thought about the TV series. Is. Oh, it's up to you. You guys want a second to think about that guy and then we'll yeah. come back to it? Yeah. Okay, so. It's hard to think when we're talking, though. Uh, well, and, you know, it's, it, it's the doing things twice while you words pants. <laughs> while you prime, words? Prime, prime example. Taco right briefcase. I'm not good at words. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the other question was regarding the TV series and what we thought about how they were doing. And, uh,. What we thought about the individual episodes, or not individual episodes, I guess, but just the shows in general right now. And I guess at this point, we're, we got the one from Marvel, I guess we can talk about. So, uh, overall, opinion on shows, Ross? Um, not a big fan of the Arrow at all. Oh, Ross. You made me sad. I'm not a big fan of Gotham at all. Okay. But Flash was a little bit better than both of them. Okay. And I'd like to see a lot more focus on the characters, like as far as the kind of obscure DC characters. Because I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize that both Vibe and Killer Frost were in that show. The uh, Flash? Yeah. They were the lab assistants, which is kind of crazy. Name-wise, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see them do that. Oh, they are. Are they? Yep. Man, that's crazy. Yep. And then even uh, Reverse Flash was the uh, cop in it. Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't watched it yet, but... They should know by now that we spoil everything. Yeah. That's that's true. If you haven't watched TV series, I guess fast forward to whatever the next step is on the time card thing. Step by step. You stop. <laughs> okay. But I'd love to see more. Like, uh, even, like, Gorilla Grodd would be crazy. He was see. in there. I mean, he was wasn't he? in there, but the cage was. Oh, really? The cage was busted open that. said Grodd. 
That's cool. Ooh, I didn't notice that either. You guys are rookies. I, oh, I've heard man. rumors of Booster Gold showing up in there. That'd be cool. He showed up in Smallville, but hopefully yeah. it's not the same. I would. Dip, I assume it would be so many different. And same Captain costume. Cold. I, I, I'm really hoping that the I've rogues seen, are a I've thing. seen a picture of Captain Cold online. Yeah, I don't like the way he looks very much, no. but I like that the that Captain Cold is going to be yeah. in the show. He looks like Neo from The Matrix. Yeah. Except it's that guy from Prison Break. Yeah. And which, weather, hey, which one? Sam Worthington or whatever his name okay. is. Wait. Not Dominic Purcell's? <laughs> I don't remember. Sam it's a Worthington. Derek Worthington. Derek. Okay. No, I, I don't remember his name. It's the other one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Leather Wizard was cool, too. It was yeah, right. I see Leather Wizard. And apparently, I haven't seen Arrow, but I've heard that Ray Palmer showed up in Arrow. Yeah, that's Brandon Routh. So yeah. that'd be kind of cool Superman. to see him show up in... Stupid. I'd much rather him be in uh, Flash, Flash than in right. Arrow. Well, the Flash already got a bunch of other characters. It's, it's too new to have other team-up heroes. The meeting between... I'm sorry, are you done? Nah, I'm done. The meeting between <laughs> Arrow and the Flash was ridiculous. What? It was so corny. Uh, are you serious? I didn't, yeah. I didn't see... I saw a little bit of Arrow from this last week. Right. And I liked that he called... It, it happened in both the shows. Mm-hmm. I thought right. that was cool. But and just because I like crossover stuff, I didn't... And did you see who helped write the episode of The Flash? Jeff Johns. Yep. Yeah. So I think Jeff Johns is actually in charge of all their... He might TV be now, yeah. He's, he's... He helped write the episode. Uh, really? He helped write a lot of Smallville, too, actually. But that doesn't endear him to my heart. I know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't put on the Green Lantern movie, too, so let's not get too excited. Yeah, yeah good point. He's also a snappy dresser. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you roll your eyes, mister. How can you see him? They're closed. <laughs> I can see him turning inside there. The hate, I can feel That's the hair. dreaming of a better time. <laughs> what I do like about Jeff Johns doing it, though, is I think he's the reason why we are getting, like, Vibe and Killer Frost mm-hmm. and Weather Wizard and Captain Cold and Girl well, of God. Someone's got to care about Well, if vibe. you have Flash, you're going to have to have Captain Cold. Oh, yeah. But I think that we wouldn't be getting any of the obscure characters at all if it wasn't someone that knew the character and wrote the character before. And I wonder if we're going to get Heat Wave. You know, I Ooh. think they're going to go with all the rogues. I think he's going to have the rogues team. Was there, How an cool? there was an icicle. There was an icicle. If it does good. How cool would it be to have a Rogues TV show? That won't happen. Even though it wouldn't be the Rogues that we'd want. If they do it like Rogues Rebellion, that'd be awesome. Mm. Yeah. But they need a bigger catalyst Mm. to make them likable. I think it'd be years down the line. Because Weather Wizard was pretty much done at the end of the episode. Yeah. He he was pretty much worthless in the show. Yeah, he was. I just liked that Weather Wizard was something that was even thought about as a villain for the TV show. Right. Oh, and uh, his dad... Barry Allen's dad in the TV yeah. show was the Flash from the 90s oh, yeah. TV show. Oh, which is awesome. Cool too. Yeah. Too bad he's in pretty, prison. It doesn't matter. It's awesome. It's the guy prison. from the part. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Prison. I, it's, it is bad. I'm not saying that I'm happy he's there. I'm saying that I'm glad that it's the guy from the 90s. Because he's awesome. I like uh, that guy. I would like less of the CW stuff yeah. in the show, too. Though. Oh, Ross, none but, of us wanted to go to high school either. And drama stuff is not. Necessary. I like it. I like when he woke up. Lightning gave me abs. <laughs> I was like, that's so stupid. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> oh God. So Ross gives the uh, the Flash a B rating, maybe a thumbs up. C. Thumbs up. C. A watchable. 
Yeah, how do, how do we want to categorize these things? I'm interested in watching catch the next it. one, but catch it and don't watch it. Catch it on TV. Uh, don't watch it or binge watch it. Oh, okay. So three levels. Catch uh, on I'll, TV. I'll watch the next episode. What was the other one? Catch on TV. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> or binge, or binge watch, watch it. Okay. Definitely not a binge watch. Look for that one. Definitely not a binge watch. Yeah, I'll watch it on it. You watch on TV. TV. Okay. Okay. Yep. Curtis, you got anything about the... Since Ross Burning well just dominated The Flash, <laughs> would you want to talk about Gotham? I didn't. I watched the first episode. That's it? How well, about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't watch that. Okay, what about... I think I watched the first episode. Did you watch Arrow? Never seen a lick of it except for the crap you made me watch. When he was dealing with sleeping with two girls, it's like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad The Flash isn't that bad. Yeah, oh yeah. God. It's only a matter of time, Ross. You, I hope not. But people need to understand. I don't watch a lot of TV, and what I do watch is old crap, like Adam Twelve. So they have to understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't really watch a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. with the Flash, I would. I, I feel like I need to catch the next episode. I do, but will that happen? No. So we'll do catch it on that. Uh, Agents of Shield probably binge watch that. Gotham, I could miss that. Uh, what other ones? Arrow. Arrow, I could care less. And uh, Constantine, check that out. Yeah, I'm excited for Constantine. Being that it hasn't dropped yet, it makes it... Uh, Comes it out does look awesome, actually. The 24th, I believe. Uh, yeah, before before just before Halloween. Yeah, so catch it. I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to not be CW-esque. Yeah. And be a little darker. Yeah, but, supernatural. But I was listening to the damn music in Flash, and I was like, this is ridiculous. It sounds so corny. <laughs> you know, normally I listen really close to the music, and I didn't even pay any attention to it. In my I'm... mind, it was like circus music watching it. It probably is. Are you watching it at my neighbor's house? Probably. That's <laughs> what I like. Mike lives next to the circus. No, that's a fumigation tent. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the sink bathing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's... That stuff burns. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Mr. Mike? Uh, the Flash, it wasn't as heavy on the, as Ross calls it, CW stuff as the Arrow is. Um, but I don't expect a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a show. They got a show on television. It's not like it's on the Sci-Fi channel, which would be unwatchable. Mm-hmm. They're not unwatchable. Flash, I'd... I want to, I want to check out the next episode. Arrow has gotten better, but it still has a it still gets pretty heavy on the CW stuff. But it's you could probably binge watch that. Gotham, I don't really care. Um, Agents of Shield, I have checked out. I think the first episode they had the Absorbing Man on there. They did, but it's still not. I think the only thing that saved that show was the Captain America movie. Well, this first half of this first season, it was not, not nearly good. as good as the second half. The second half really turned it up and was way better. Right. So, so I'll give it I, that. I'm sure he's still out on that one. <laughs> that, that might be a binge watch one, too, just to check it out. But okay. easily, you know, the tide could turn. It right. Could, it could get shit canned. Mm-hmm. Is binge watching a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's just like waiting for a trade. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so the show may not survive, but at least you'll have at least a season. Wait till it to watch. shows up right. on Netflix and then watch all of it. 
Yeah. Or watch it until you can't stand it anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or service to watch it. Instead of watching it in pieces, knowing you're you know, you're not enjoying it right now, but yeah, I'll give it one more. If you could, you can binge watch it I, then. I did watch the Agents of Shield the first one and then I watched the one where Sif was on it. And I enjoyed the one with Sif, but right. I, I couldn't I didn't want to watch the next one. Sif was close enough to the uh to the turn with the uh Captain America movie that I considered part of the second half. But the Sif episode was really good too, and, mm-hmm. and they connected it pretty heavily to the. I mean, it's the same girl from the movie, so oh, like, yeah. the influx between the show and the and the movies is really good. Like the connection is good there. So, and I think I watched the cameo when Nick showed up. Oh, uh, he had two of them. I only seen one. Okay, so you probably saw the first one, the fir- the first episode. Yeah. Which that was cool too. He shows up at the end also. I didn't like the first episode of Agent of Shields at all. And there was some something, some talk, some chatter about Speedball the character huh. showing up on that show. Interesting. That'll make Rob happy. That's would. And there was another one list. I can't remember the other one. I expect we probably see a lot more in this season. I mean, especially with the, I mean, the opening gate from the new season was Crusher Krill. And that's the absorbing man. Right. And he pretty well portrayed. Like, look-wise, he looks right. The way he acts is pretty is, is right. I mean, it he does yeah. a pretty good job. Yes, yeah. It's, it's quality-wise, it's better. Quality-wise, it's better than the other shows. Just the effects and the... Yeah, their effects they levels They do a little better higher. there, but that's a, writing's running. still a bit weak. Yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can give you that. All right. Um, so show-wise, man, I would I'd say Flash is a, is a, is a catch-it. I'd say Arrow is a catch-it too, but I'm. It took me a minute to be okay with it, and then after I got, I don't know, like episode six, man, of the first season. Um, after that, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Second season, I think you'd like a lot, Ross. I've seen it. Did you? Yeah. And you I still don't like hate it? it? I don't like is it. Is it because he takes his shirt off all the time? I just don't like the tone I, of it at all. It seems like deja vu right now. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. Um, I I say watch it. I mean, I I don't watch any of this on TV. Like I watched on Hulu. I watched on the CW website. So I'm not really a TV watcher either. But I'll catch it on the internet and watch it there. So I guess it's not quite the same thing. But as far as, far as shows are concerned, I think they're both worth watching. Gotham. I'm still on the fence about Gotham. I don't dislike it. The first couple episodes I thought were really heavy with a lot of cat, the Catwoman girl, or Catgirl woman. Selena Kyle, let's go with that. As a child. As a child. There's a lot of Selena Kyle in it. And I was like, I thought, man, this is just too much of her running around for no reason. And then the third episode, it kind of panicked, it, it balanced it out. There is one and, thing, though. I don't like the uh, way Alfred is portrayed. He doesn't have a mustache. It's his whole his mannerism in general. Well, they can't have Michael Caine again. No, well, no, it's just the way he interacts but, with but if you Bruce think about, Wayne. It's not. I, you know, at first I thought that's the same thing too. But then I started thinking about Michael Caine, and you think Michael Caine with dealing, dealing with Bruce as an adult is different than dealing with Bruce as a child, because Bruce headstrong all the time. But when he's a kid, you kind of have an option to sort of dry, sort of sort of try to turn him. Or try to, I don't know, lead him, I guess. But once he's an adult, Alfred's already got it all beat out of him. He's just going to do whatever Bruce wants because that's how it's going to be. So, so I, you're I kinda saying Alfred okay with was, it. Should, be, should be portrayed as an abusive butler? He doesn't seem like an abusive butler. <laughs> that's, that's not what he seems like. Stoke the fire, Mike. <laughs> that's not what he seems like. God. Abusive, not, not, not in the least. Worried and concerned? 
and will yell, yes. But you, Mike, you, you have you yeah. kids. You know you yell at kids. God, more than that. All right then. See, so it's not. No, I think that's fine. Kick the hell out of them. I, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you gotta. It's a family show, Mike. Oh, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I you know, they dropped the S. I don't. I don't think any. I don't think families listen to us, so it's probably okay. Why would they? Well, you, you shut up over there. <laughs> anyway, I got them at this point. I say is is it's probably. A, I would say it's a watch. Does that mean we can talk about Greg? <laughs> no, no, because you can't say anything nice about the man. He's not the worst artist in the world. No, he's not. It's just. That's Are you done with your list anyway, yet, Mike? I'm, getting, I'm trying to get there, but he just will not stop. <laughs> Man, Agents of Shield is a season one binge watch. Season two, it's not too. It's too early to know. I mean, the first two episodes were good, but first season binge watch and just realize that when you when you're at the like fifth episode, and you're like, this is a terrible show I've ever watched. I'm so freaking bored that as soon as you get two more episodes in, it's going to turn and be awesome. The last half is great. And then you got five episodes. I guess you could just skip to the last two discs if you're looking at re- doing it on disc. If you're doing it on Who Netflix, does that? nobody does that. So you watched the second surprised. episode of this season for Agents of Shield? Yeah. yeah, it's good. I liked it. I would watch more if it was on, but then again, once I start, I don't want to stop. So I guess I binge watch everything. Mm-hmm. Binge watch all of it. Just binge watch everything you've ever wanted, ever watched, ever. Because that's what I do. I was at Ross's house the other night watching Continuum season three. Awesome. Greatest thing ever, Ross. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Went to bed after like the first half of the first episode. <laughs> Ross is a tired guy. That's true. It was very late. I wake and up he, early in the morning. That's true, he does. He wakes he, early in the morning. I, there's got to be a saying to go with that, but I don't have one. Usually you get a worm or something, I think. But, uh, uh, early bird gets the worm. <laughs> so Ross gets... I don't like worms. You wake up early and you get worms. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like everybody's okay with the flash. For the yeah, most part. I would say overall everybody's okay with I the think, Flash. I so think watch it was the it. strongest first episode that we've seen from a comic book franchise. I felt I yeah, think I it felt the most comic book like to me too. Like it actually felt like superhero show to me. And I kind of base my TV watching on Farscape because I hated okay. the first three episodes, right? But I kept going. There's nothing in those other shows that endear it to me that I want to continue watching it. Okay. And I didn't know those guys from anybody, but I like puppets. <laughs> I was like that with the Firefly show. Like, yeah. It's so hard to get through the first couple. But after that, it's great. Mm-hmm. Which you told me. You warned yeah. me about no, that. Yeah. And then I usually usually catch up on shows after they've been canceled and love them. Right. Yep, I do that too. <laughs> so. so what you're trying to say is once, once Stephen Mills out selling, I don't know, used cars or something, you'll both be like, man, that Arrow show is really good if you no. keep it short no, a What did I say? More. You don't. It doesn't endear itself. Oh, to me. oh, right. right I've, yeah. I've, al- I've already hated Ollie. <laughs> well, you didn't like him in the first place, so it doesn't help that. And neither does Ross because he doesn't like Green Arrow. I like Green Arrow. You like Green Arrow? Yeah, I like. Green I thought you told me you didn't like Green Arrow. You have to. Admit, I don't like that, the new Green Arrow. That very first. Much, but I like hey, then you don't like Green Arrow. That first season, he piled up about five hundred bodies in the first three episodes. Heck yeah, man! It was a <laughs> killing spree. And even Slade Wilson didn't save it. Uh that's not true. Yeah, he did for okay. me. He did okay. Okay, that guy did all right. I mean. But, like, the way I look at it, you really can't expect, like, Marvel Avengers movie-type oh, no. quality. Yeah. So I try to kind of... Go go, in, go into it as it's a TV show with a limited budget and not the Maelstrom crap. So I think we do okay. The <laughs> Arrow's all right. I mean, the second season was definitely <laughs> better. Funny. That's pretty but funny. <laughs> the Gotham show, I, I don't... 
can we really quick say a TV show we want to be made out of a comic book? Sure. I'm going to edit this out later. <laughs> Go on, Ross. I think it'd be cool to have like a more adult-oriented cartoon of the Justice League Dark. I think okay. that'd be cool. When you say adult, what exactly do you mean, Ross? More violent and... PG-13? Oh, okay. More mature themes, I guess I should say, because I don't really care about the violence. But right. just being able to do that kind of thing. Okay, so Ross was Justice League Dark. Yeah. Curtis? How could you have a show without violence? So you're saying anim- animated? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's not like live action? Yeah, like a cartoon. Okay, yeah. okay. Like the Hellboy movies. That's, that's, that probably, more, that's probably more likely. Hellboy animated movies. No. Justice no. League Dark. Like the Iron Nail or whatever? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Okay. Guards? I don't know. I really don't, because I don't watch TV, so I don't know. Right. Um, I want to see that Creature Commandos. I want to see that expanded on and that'd be cool. Well, if you're talking anim- animated, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade would be cool for an animated if they kept, if you know, it'd have to be kept re- to the book, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Ed Griffin. You and, could get away with that as a, like a PG-13 ish somewhere in there. Right. I can see that. And the Mummy, and I, I, I would dig that. That'd be cool. That's kind of in line the with the same his, thing. Yeah. Um, that's mine. I don't. All right. Did you make fun of me over there? No, I really right. wasn't. Those are my sounds, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I do all the time. It's <laughs> what I do for his dog, too. Yeah. All the time. Makes sense. Mr. Mike? I just said. Okay, so you're on the... <laughs> they, they, okay, Frankenstein, Shade. Man, you know, I don't know. Like, show-wise, I don't... don't... Here's a question, huh. real quick, before you go. Do you think if they started... Uh, Birds of Prey now, instead of when they did, it would survive? Being as how there's a big comic book push? If it was the same scripting, no. Well... If it was the same casting, it, yes. Same ideas that they have with the new shows? Right. If they put Just those in into the, Birds of Prey and... You know, it, with... Uh, the characters recognizable mm-hmm. enough? You know, I, I think I, I think they are. Yeah. Barbara, Barbara and... Oh, she was in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gordon Barbara was in it. Um, the Huntress? Huntress was in it. Uh, Helena. They had Di- Diana, so the Black Canary. Uh, granted, at the time, the, I don't, you know, at the time, maybe not. Now, I got to have to have the cat sound still. I don't, I've never seen it. So I think if they made can. it in the same style of Arrow, it'd be, it'd do just fine. It'd kill everything. Yeah, right. it would. It would be, it'd be awesome. Because it fits that same style of show. I wouldn't like it, only, but everyone else would. Right. Only because it's a male dominated field right, right now. And I didn't know if a female show could survive oh, male they domination. Would, they would. Yeah, in general, I mean, there's good things about the show and bad things about it. Especially if they brought the girl that plays Black Canary from Ooh. Arrow onto it. That would be... But if they did. It'd be awesome you know if they I mean? did. You shut up. There, Ross, <laughs> you're breaking me over here, man. I hate everything you like, Steve. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> they kill your... Characters. I'm gonna go binge watch. <laughs> I, I would. So there's only one episode out. There's only one episode, which is sad. We'll get. We'll get anyway. Once you watch it, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, as far as like something, something to make you. Sh- over there, Ross. Uh, shows that man. I don't know. Like I, I don't think. I think Justice League is too big for a show. Like even live action, the cartoon, fine. Just live action would be awesome. Yeah. Just like international, I could see a Booster Gold TV show, especially with the way the world is now, with like random time travel nonsense going on and a bunch of different shows. 
I can see Booster Gold Show working. You know, I can see that too, but that would be a high. It'd be high production th- cost. Think about like your Star Trek time travel stuff, or when they get the Star Trek inside the uh, holodeck and it goes out of control. Any of those shows where oh they're on the starship and they decide to go to Detective Days. Yeah, but that's... it'd be same. It, granted, it, you're right. Money wise, it'd be an expensive show to make. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't look the greatest, but it depends. If there enough money was put into it, it'd be fine. But it's the style of show that it would it would fit it to. Any, you know how everything's kind of genres now. Yeah. It's not really like superhero shows, just for superhero shows. They're more like genre shows. If they geared it toward a police kind of yes, thing, yes, exactly. I could see that happening. Yeah. Resolving so, crimes maybe mm-hmm. in the past. Oh, yeah. Then he'd have Rip Hunter. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, setup is concerned, you could use the you could use Skeets, the, the robot, the little information robot. Mm-hmm. You make him act like a dumbass because that's what people like. But the entire time he's actually doing things that aren't dumbass. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could see that one working pretty good. So, supposedly, last year Sci-Fi was supposed to start a Booster Gold TV Are you show serious? Let's that, get Sci-Fi. That, that they canceled. They decided not to run it. Well, with their track record of, what, Bionic Woman? Yeah. <sighs> Man, Bionic <laughs> Woman. You know, I didn't actually mind that one. It was okay. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about what about Man-Thing? That was a terrible movie. Yeah, it was horrible. That was a terrible movie. Oh, my movie. God. Well, it was. It had the Hulk problem, where you only yeah. see him in the end, and it was trying to be a spooky movie yeah. or a horror movie. I don't know what it was trying to do, man. Oh, my gosh. I, I think it was terrible. I think they could bring back a, a Swamp Thing TV show right now. Oh, Ross. You know what I was thinking? Maybe. Doctor Strange. I think that would be an awesome movie. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Are they making that in Netflix? Uh, they're making a movie of it. Doctor Strange is getting his own movie. Oh, yeah. So, there are a couple. You know who I want to play Doctor Strange? Uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> really? I think that would be awesome. Huh. I guess give, he could grow a mustache. Him, give him an English accent. Yeah, he can't do an accent, though. That's a problem. But no, him, though. Specifically him with an English accent. I think it would work. <laughs> Even if he can't do one. Isn't that like the Constantine movie that came out a yeah, couple years ago? Yeah, can't do... English. But he didn't do an English accent. No, he know, didn't, because he can't. Same. You could, if you I, want an English was, accent, I, have the guy that plays Sean Connery on Saturday Night Live playing. Or have Tom Tom Hardy. Ooh, Tom Hardy. Oh, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. He's busy with the Mad Max movie. Yeah, that's true. I know, but it would be awesome. Yeah. Tom Hardy's my go-to guy for everything right now. <laughs> Stop. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there's needs to be redeemed TV show things. Super Another one one last one. Mark, one. Go Ross. I think uh Thor show that's a fantasy, like the books have been kind of recently. Uh-huh. That doesn't have anything else to do with the superheroes, but it's just a straight up fantasy with him fighting dragons and frost giants <laughs> and stuff. Alright. Cool. Once again, that'd be like a lot of money, and if it's going to be live action, yeah, yeah. animated. You know what they could know. really, really do is a Grayson movie with the new book or a show. That's true. The international spy oh, kind of man, thing. Yeah, they could really do that. Right, with not a whole crap load of budget either. It would be like Arrow, but good. <laughs> it all depends on what network it gets put on, Curtis. It'll be the CW, Ross. Well, then it won't be good. <laughs> could be on Fox. Then it might be okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe. It wouldn't take as Fox. much to do that as it would uh, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. No, that, not at that's all. That's a street-level one. Yeah. Huh. Speaking right, of secret up. agents, I think Dynamite picked up the James Bond license. They did. And Shaft. Oh. So, no. What? No. Hang on. 
shaft. You're right. I don't know how I got those things confused in my head. There you go. Can you dig it? I, I can. Right into the ground. <laughs> wow. You buried that. That's exactly. Good job. <laughs> Digging sucks. <laughs> okay, character team-ups. Ross, go. Um, this is just like the TV thing, too. Yeah. And I don't know what... After reading Justice League recently, I would say I think it'd be cool to have a Cyborg Shazam book. Those mm. are both DCs. I think there was DC Marvel team up. It says pick one or the oh, one is it DC, pick, one of yeah, one Marvel, of each. and it could be in a team-up as well. It's, it was it's an not meeting for DC or Marvel. what story and what artists and stuff. But I want... Uh, I want... Ivan Ray's drawing it. Okay. Who'd be a good writer? It didn't ask for a writer. No, oh, well, they're drawing what it. What about Jeff Johns? You're, Might uh, as well. Me. Yeah. 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 And I think it'd be cool for it to be less of a event book and more of, like, of them hanging out and their daily... So, like, a Hawkeye book? Kind of like a Justice League International back in the day type okay. stories. Okay. I think that'd be cool. All maybe right. Maybe Giffen and Dematis doing it. That'd be kind of cool. And say the same people did that back then. Huh, all right. Curtis? So let's go Marvel. Okay. <clears throat> Doctor Strange. Okay. Somehow gets banished back to the crossroads. Okay. We don't know why. Maybe the Aya Bagamato's messed up. Or he's uh, searching for something, but the crossroads leads to different dimensions. So he can go to different dimensions. Um, maybe getting tranched in some... Arcane magic, I don't know. I haven't thought this out, really. All right. But I love the idea of the crossroads. Um, probably have... Uh, who's a good artist? <laughs> Jeremy Hahn. Okay. I think he could do that. The dark... The Yeah, okay, I can see that. The negative that he uses. Yeah, he worked on the darkness for a while. He's done... Do he's some of that. Out other books. Didn't he do that Berserker book, too? He did. And what he characters did you Under pick? Under the Red Hood. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Just one. For now. It said one DC or one Marvel, so we'll do that. Um God, who would maybe Colin Bunn writing it. Okay. Colin Bunn's doing some good darkness. Not the book, but Right. He writes he writes good uh uh tone. Um or I I've had this this lady writes a she wrote a book called Anathema and she's a indie writer and okay. her name is Rachel Deering. I think she would do very well with that. She she likes the horror group. She she's written for creepy. Um, okay. So she's really she's really entrenched in the horror, and I think she'd be really good with that. So, well, I'll do that. And do we want to do two? Well, I think it was. I think initially the way the question is worded is it's it's a DC and Marvel team up or versus or something no, else. No, it, it says uh, each each you choose one character from DC and one from Marvel. Can be anyone. Now, plot the storyline that you would like to see can be a team-up, not just meaning between the two, just oh, a team-up okay. with another character. The way I took it when I when I read it was that it was one character from each side and then play. No. Okay. That's, That's not how I, I took read it, it too. Yeah. I, or even... if we were going to do that, maybe uh, Doc Strange with Jack so Russell. Was, That's what I was hoping for. You know what I mean? So you wrote this question. No, I didn't. Doc Strange with Jack Russell. 
um, something brings them together or cane-wise. Okay. Searching for something, and the only place to go is a crossroads to find it. Right. Kind of like when, uh, what was that? When he was with the Punisher. Doc Strange was with the Punisher, and they found that bullet on the Celestial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something okay. like that, that, that yeah. kind of groovy feel to it. All right. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. All right. Uh, so, Mr. Mike. I was thinking uh, maybe Big Shock bring Frankenstein back. Right. In his monster hunting role and have uh, that. Jeff Lemire. Nah. Maybe have Alberto Ponticelli drive. I have J.H. J. Williams. Third drive. Oh, no. Okay. That'd be cool. I got to balk, balk at that, man. Why? He's too realistic of an artist. It doesn't fit yeah, with Frankenstein. might be right. It'd look cool, man. Frankenstein would look awesome. Capullo would do good, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, That'd be really cool. That's true. And maybe Tomasi could write it. Oh, see? Uh, that's endearing right there. And I, if it's, it's going to be a team-up type of thing, they have both of them, hell, just take Frankenstein and Rocket, throw them in space, and fight Thanos and his minions. <laughs> now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm thinking on It'd the be like here. a Groot the Katak. It has a sword. A Groot the Katak? <laughs> <laughs> take two. Like a Groot that can talk. That didn't come out right either, but okay. okay. You hurt. You understood me. Groot could talk. <sighs> With sentences. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> I am Groot as a sentence. No, Craig just from the back. <laughs> Welcome, Craig. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, Mike, that's your answer, Mike? Yep. All right. Okay, well, let me... Craig, you, you, if you're not ready, you're ready? I'm not quite ready. Okay. I got half of it. But... That's all right. Let me... I, so, I didn't necessarily have an initial answer because... Uh, I think uh, just now I had a couple cool cool ideas though, because uh, I want to take Alyssa Dark. No, not Alyssa Dark. Gosh, um, that's not the right name. So who's the monster hunter from Marvel? Elsa that, Bloodstone. Elsa Bloodstone. Boom. Elsa Bloodstone and Frankenstein team up. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Frankenstein agent Shade Frankenstein. Okay. As far as like whether they're in a fight, I don't know. Werewolves, I guess that'd be kind of good. Werewolves are a good target. Or they could fight Fenris. They could fight Fenris. Or Sasquatches, whatever. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. That might be cool. I well, and blood, Alyssa's, like, her whole... You know what that'd be like? Huh? The Hack Slash book. <laughs> oh, it would be. That's true. Well, she's a monster hunter, and no, Frankenstein's would be, technically a yeah. monster, so it'd be like, there'd be conflict there, too. It's kind of a monster hunter, too. Yeah, it'd be... Exactly, it'd right? It'd be Hack Slash times ten. <laughs> that's a good point. It would be, scale. you know, it would be very hack slash. That's that's a good point. I think that's cool though. I, I, okay, I like I like that idea. Um, the one I had prior to that one just that happened just now was uh, Red Sun Batman teamed up with either, and they said Marvel DC. So this is not quite because Black Beetle isn't DC. Mm-hmm. But I think Black Beetle and uh, Red Sun Batman would be awesome together. You know what I'm talking about, Black I don't know Beetle? What are you talking about? Yeah. Francovia's abomination. Well, I'm not saying Francovia would draw it. But it's Maybe he could do the covers. <laughs> I'd let him do the covers. And then have Sanford Green draw the book. I don't think his style. I'll let you have yours. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I like. I'd let you have you. All right. That's what I like. I don't know what the two of them would do. Because, I don't know, it doesn't... Batman from Russia doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, if you're doing 
Marvel and DC team up. Right. I'd like to see Sanford Green. Right. On a um, Luke Cage book. Yeah. And uh, team him with somebody, maybe Nightwing or Grayson. Ooh, you know okay. What I mean? And I think that is really strong for Sanford Green at that point. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot like an Iron Fist team up, except oh, they making it Grayson instead. Mm-hmm. He could even be in, in a Nightwing persona prior to this Grayson right. thing going on. And then Power Man and Nightwing team up. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd pretty, pretty awesome, actually. Pretty cool. And then maybe Rick Remender writing it. Okay. Because he has those weird. As yeah. long as he can keep on track and not. You know, you have the trunk of the tree, and then it goes into the leaves. If he can keep on the trunk, right? I think we would be good. You stay away from the branches, mister. Yeah. You, you got four issues, and that's it. Let's keep it straight, and then, uh, yeah, I think that would be a good book. All right. That would be a damn good book. That would be cool. I like that idea. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool idea. Because they're street-level guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for Blood sure. Haven, and he's in New York, right. Brooklyn. It's basically the same thing. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Mr. Craig? Hmm. Well, I started off in one direction, and then I kind of thought, well, there's man. another uh, there's another <laughs> idea that could be fun, too. Okay. So, well, first off, I thought uh, Sandman. Right. Sandman and maybe something like Tony Stark. I would, well, they wouldn't fight. Okay. Uh, there would be some sort of, uh, you know... Sandman exploration type thing. It could be cool. You mean Sandman like from? No. I'm talking about Dream. Okay. I'm talking about Morpheus, okay. not the guy with the and not the guy with the mask. Okay. Well, he has a mask too. Well, yeah, you but, know yeah, not the guy with the gas gun with the yeah. Right, okay, right. with you. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you could have Starman and Spider-Man, and that would be a pretty kick-ass combination, I think. Starman and Spider-Man. Okay. Having some sort of crazy, wacky adventure. Oh. Uh-oh. Starman could bring the, uh, bring the juice and what all. And he's, you know, a pretty easy-going thing. They'd get right. along pretty good. That's and true. And Spider-Man is basically the conscience of all the su- uh, Marvel superheroes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could give you that. I just, I just thought Damien Hellstorm. Yeah. And, yeah, what's his name? I just had it. The big red guy with the right-handed doom, Hellboy. 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 I think that'd be an awesome team. Hellstrom, yeah. That, yeah, that's a good Hellstrom and Hellboy. But it's not Marvel DC, but no, but still, it'd be a good idea. God, that'd be cool. What about Aquaman and Namor? No. He could make fun (laughs) of his winged feet and impregnate all his women. Be really <laughs> condescending to him. Mara's going to be pissed. And finally, he'd just go insane and just end it. And Aquaman's like, "No, you don't understand." Imperious Rex. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. I, don't, I, like, I, think I like how this team up is just like the doom of <laughs> Namor. <laughs> We're going to make this so bad. Not Invisible Woman again. Curse you, Aquaman. I didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> Flattering about in the water like that. I should have known something was happening. <laughs> Foolish me. Oh my I God. thought it was just an air bubble, but it was Sue. <laughs> Jeez. Out of, out of control. Then he yells some German at him because the German language is powerful. That's, mm. what he, that's what he thinks. No, that's Atlantean. No, German. 
That's what he liked about the Germans. Nobody knows either of them. Well, you know, it's true. Well, he fought the Germans. Yeah, I know. He didn't like them. He didn't like the Germans at all, but he liked their language. How do you know? It's written in one of the books. They're full of it. I wouldn't lie about that. Well, okay, what about Frankenstein going up against the Red Skull and there's Nazis back in, you know. Frankenstein versus the Red Skull? Yeah. That'd be cool, because that could actually okay. happen. The Nazis, you know, back in yeah. the, back in the day. Yeah, I want to see Frankenstein beating some Nazis. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be very cool, especially with his his look with the black jacket. Yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, big ass sword. Yeah, that'd be cool. I really missed that series. <laughs> oh, I did too. I did too. You read it all? Yeah, it's good stuff. And the zoo. Huh. All right. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's that's pretty decent. But they'll come out. Then they'll but they'll put out books like what's that one? Clarion. Come on, man. That might be good. We don't know. Well, yeah. Will Rob read it? Yes. Probably, yeah. I, I might check it out, too, that's actually. See? Oh, there's, <laughs> there's two and a half out of mm-hmm. five. Well, who's the half? Well, I said maybe. Oh, I did two. Dang it, Ross. So there's one and a half out of five. Dang, Wait, we two. can't. There'd be two. two. It'd be two. <laughs> two rights don't make a wrong. Fortunately, uh, we have a Deathstroke book out, coming up that sh- should be up. decent. A Deathstroke book. Oh, yeah, the new Deathstroke does look pretty awesome. Let's save that for after the show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so uh, that's something you eat with chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's uh, something different. I'm going to think. That's what I do. So uh, the football standings from the uh, Fantasy League. I keep forgetting about that. Man, Mike, you, you're not, you're not like, alone, you've, Mike. You've moved up, Mike. Have I? Yeah. Wow. First place, currently the Dark Knights. Makes me happy. Uh, 547 points. Are you the only one that's paying attention? No, okay. I don't think so. God, I hope not. Uh, then Ehrman Beef, uh, one, is at 514. Uh, Baldass the Brave is at 508. Uh, uh, Jeremiah Ka- or Jake Hadmo is at, uh, 503. Spirits of Vengeance is at 499, so that's fifth place. Then Humans is in sixth place. At 496. Josh's King is in 7th place at 492. Uh, then we have the Donkey Kongs at 466 in 8th place. Suicide Squad in 9th place at 450. And then the uh, Knights of Unicron at 417. So you've absurded Craig. Damn it. I should, <laughs> should I take Adrian Peterson off my team? You At this point, if you still have him, <laughs> yes. All he's doing is dragging you down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have Johnny Unitas on there, too. I don't know. Is he still playing? I, you must have entered that name yourself. And David Beckham's on there. I don't <laughs> I, I think at uh, least one of them's a wrong footballer. I, yeah, there's there's at least one part of that that like doesn't his, work right. Never mind. <laughs> I think that it off. that football isn't real football. Mm. They keep insisting, oh, it's football. If it ain't American, it ain't crap. <laughs> it all depends on where you're at, Craig. Mm-hmm. Well, guess where we're at. Right. The, the no. place where <laughs> where it, you don't say American after your football. Right. All oh, the American true. football. Right. Mm. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, anyway, that's the standings for that. Good job. Well, that's what I do. I read things off the internet. <sighs> Except not the news, which is really weird. The internet. Mm. The internet. So we eat at the same time as you. Never mind. Okay, so, uh, books? Yeah? Okay. 
So, uh, Mr. Ross, why don't you tell us about, why don't you regale us with the tale of Batgirl 35? Okay. Um, so Batgirl starts off with her moving from her current roommate <laughs> to her new roommate. You stop it. I'm trying to keep people interested. No, you, he's doing fine. Okay. God. That's it. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Ross? Curtis, you stop. I'm going to give it a crumpet. It's something, something, yeah. Uh, the American crumpet. The, the basic of the story is she moves into her new apartment and does some very uncharacteristic things. True. Um, and then spends the, in. she has a huge party, and during the party her laptop gets stolen. Uh, she goes to the coffee shop, you notice that another guy is working on his tablet and it gets stolen. Right. You find out that your villain in the situation is taking people's information because he has a robot or like a computer blackmail implant site? type thing. Yeah. And he yeah. does have a blackmail site too, and, and it's it's what he likes. But uh, the other big thing is uh, that girl had her van in uh, Black, Black Canary's Canary. apartment, mm-hmm. I guess, and it blew up. Her van. It yeah, was in right. Black Canary, the way they're set up in uh, Birds of Prey, is she basically owns like a city block and it's got a dojo and a build, like an apartment style building or apartment house, and then a batch of garages. So, Barbara's van was parked at Black Canary's abode. Yeah, hmm. in the garage. Hmm. And it blowing up caused the entire thing to go up, and Black Canary lost everything pretty much. So, Brad's right. van blew up. Yes. How do do we know how? Yeah. Um, so Barbara's van, she had equipped it with some laser sensors and was doing tests with it to make it, I don't know, more security proof. But it was set up that if it gets stolen or got captured in order for it not to release it or give information about uh, being a Batman's, that it would incinerate itself. Smart and move. when her laptop got hacked or was stolen and then hacked afterwards... It tripped the sensors and caused the van to blow up. It took a long time to get to the end of that story. Go on. <laughs> and then towards the end of it, she faces off against the computer guy. Right. And they make a point in the middle of it that she has a photographic memory and can remember things really well. That was pretty cool when they did that. That was Yeah. Cool. And and I think that's kind of always been a Batgirl thing. They just never really pointed out as much right. as they do in this one. Um but the guy she's going up against literally has a computer in his brain. But right, flash memory. Yeah. And so she tells him that if he'll give back... If he'll delete, or if he'll delete the data delete he stored... his website. And, and his, close the website, yeah. she'd give him his, her face without yeah. the mask. And essentially what she does is she programs a virus to a... Um, QR code? QR code, mm-hmm. yeah. And so when he goes to take the picture, it uploads the virus to his head and deletes everything. It's in his head that he hosts the website and keeps right. all the information and everything. Mm. So yeah, as far as taking down the website, you can just put it back up because it's all programmed into his brain. Kind of crazy. Yeah. So, who's writing this? You remember? Cameron Stewart. Cameron Stewart, yeah. <clears throat> Bab Star's drawing it. Yeah. Did anybody try to scan that QR code with their phone? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a really good question. I did not. I was thinking about it. 
and I just downloaded the app to do it, but I don't want it to destroy my phone. I don't oh, think it'll it destroy the phone. It probably won't do anything. But well, somebody, somebody scan the damn thing. Hold on. <laughs> I guess some cool points that I liked in the story okay. was the the first time you see Black Canary, she's yelling at one of her, I don't know who it is, she like insurance, I think. Insurance agent, yeah. And when she gets upset, she starts using her canary cry, and it breaks her phone. Right. That's kind of a funny thing. And then seeing all of uh, Batgirl's photographic memory is cool. Right. Um, personally, I wasn't a huge fan of the story as a whole. Right. But the art was okay. Um, I don't like that it's trying to be, like, the cool new thing. Right. But that's me. Okay. So, Ross, uh, score for the book? I'd give it a two and a half, probably. Okay. Mr. Craig, did you get a chance to read the Batgirl? Yeah, I got to read the Batgirl. Okay. Um, score? I'll give it a three. Um, I think the uh, villain had a uh, cool power. I'd like to see that uh, revisited in a uh, in a villain that isn't the attack of the Internet. Right. Because I wasn't wild about him using the hashtag, blah, 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 what all. Right. You know, him uh, operating some sort of blackmail site could be uh, could be a cool thing. That, uh, could be would interesting. Be, that would be bad to uh, revisit in the future. Like I said, I like the power. I didn't like uh, the character. Right. And I hope that, uh, you know, it gets revisited as somebody else. All right. But uh, the art was cool, and... Uh, I think I guess the biggest thing would be that, yeah, it didn't seem like Barbara so much. Right. It seemed more like a uh, Stephanie kind of story. If it was a Stephanie Batgirl, I could totally see this. Right. You know, as uh, being a as being a Batgirl, you know, new start type thing. Right. But I agree. I can see it as more of a. Right. Stephanie Brown style. Okay. Curtis? Uh, I scan the QR code and it just takes you to DC Comics Batgirl. Yeah. And then it has a bunch of uh, 1011 binary. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. It says Riot, it? Riot Block, Riot Black or something. Riot Black was the name of the villain in yeah. the. <laughs> User Riot Black device HDD851 and then goes to. Hmm. Huh, interesting. So maybe that's what the the, the code is supposed to be, so they make the code sort of interactive? Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. A little bit. It's interesting I'll, it did anything. I'll try to read the code for next week. All right. <laughs> so it goes, uh, what, what are we doing? Uh, score for the book. Scoring a book. <laughs> yes. Uh, the art was pretty good. Um, the writing was good for what it was. The book itself, I didn't have any love for it. Right. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Uh, I thought you can give it to you also. The book was it was entertaining, but it wasn't like Batgirl. It was exhausting. Yeah, a little bit. The constant like pop culture speak and the hashtag this, hashtag that, blah 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 blah, blah text speak. It, not super annoying, but it fits more if it was a newer character. Let's say if it was Stephanie Brown, it would fit. But it's supposed to be Barbara Gordon after college. Uh, there's so many things in this book that annoyed me. I I don't hate it. And I'm interested to read the next issue. But there's a lot of things that annoy me. I, I don't even think it, it works for Stephanie Brown. In no? my mind, from the previous series that she was in? It seems more like they're trying to capture that again. It seems like they're trying to capture it, but it's more teenage-oriented, teen angst. 
right. feel to it. <laughs> Stephanie Brown didn't feel that way. That's true. Yes, she was in college. Yes, she was fighting as she was going through college. Right. But we didn't have that whole teenage angst kind no, of feel. that's so. true. So maybe it was better executed in the old Batgirl with Stephanie Brown. Right. I could agree with that. And I think in this day and age, it did lend itself toward messaging on phones and right. all the uh, social media crap that is going to be brought into comics. It's just not the right platform for Batgirl to be brought into that, right. in my mind. She was Oracle, and she was computer savvy, and blah, blah, blah. And she's supposed to be super genius, and then now she's this weird drunk party girl that doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Yeah, at the start, though. She's not doesn't, that way. Doesn't, the doesn't matter, Roz, it doesn't matter when she sobers up for a second and decides she's, to go she's not try be to that way the rest fight dudes in an alley so. and throws up everywhere because no, she's a girl. I think they were just trying to set up... Uh, where she was age-wise. Yeah. Right. Because that one dude mentions her being 14. Or 14. Like, I'm legal. Says, I'm legal. I know, that's the worst line in the whole book. So I'm <laughs> guessing she's probably around 19. Worst line in the whole book. But they were trying to set up age-wise and why she's acting the way she is. And yeah, right. They're trying to take all the continuity and history from prior and trying to put Force that on its head yeah. and make her this other person, it seems. Wow. Well, up to up to this point, the previous storyline was better. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Mike, I'll give it a one and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, the art's not horrible. It's just such a. De- I mean, the whole thing, as a whole, is such a departure from what it was. Right. It's like a shock, and it was a lot of work to read it. And I really don't care about their coffee terminology. Which no, they did yeah. focus on pretty heavily throughout quite a few panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it didn't okay. do really anything for me. Right. Now you well, take somebody like Barbara Gordon, who's been through what she's been through, and now all right. of a sudden she's to uh, paralyze the killing joke. Like all all those stories are still supposed to have happened. So when did Joker shoot her then? Like how old was she when she got shot? Not by to the mention Joker. death of the family and all the other garbage right. she's gone through. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's. Eh. That only makes me dislike it more. I want to change my score. Can I change my score? Mm-hmm. Can I give it a one and a half? I like the art a lot, and I, if it was a different character, it'd be fine. Well, but because it's supposed to be Barbara. M- Mephisto deal, you know? Oops. They yeah. already had the crossover with Marvel. Yeah, right. No, I, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm giving mine a two for the art. Okay. That's why I'm sticking with two. That's fine. I, I, it just makes me... Re- it bothers me that if we're trying to make her 18 now... and let, Okay, even let's say 19. I'm illegal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sweetheart, so you're legal, so you're 19, but you were drinking at this party, so you're probably 21. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're still 19. Okay, so Barbara, this crime fighter at night, hunts down criminals, in her spare time as a 19-year-old getting drunk. Okay, I can stomach that a little bit. But now you want to, inter- the whole idea is that the killing joke still happened, and then she was miraculously healed with a miracle. Mm-hmm. So was she shot when she was 16? Which you saw when she was 15, because if that's the case, the Joker's real, real bad. Now that he wasn't bad before. No, and I, th- I think, like we said earlier about Stephanie Brown. Right. It's a poorly executed Stephanie Brown book for the wrong character. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'm interested enough to read the next book. But, I mean, I like the way her costume looks. I think it's kind of cool costume. Mm-hmm. I do question heavily that everything got burned and... Whatever data is out there in the world that she hasn't bothered to make a call to Bruce. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bruce, a uh, tablet or a laptop with a bunch of data stuff that uh, might incriminate all of us as bat people got stolen. Oh, by the way, I need a new fucking suit. Because <laughs> it all got burned. And right. apparently fire could hurt her suit, but the Batman runs through the fire just fine. Maybe he doesn't stand in it. Mm-hmm. 
But nevertheless, you, you get what I'm saying, right? It's mm-hmm. like they're taking her completely out, omitting well, her from it's the Batman she's not and of, she's just out there on her own now. She's not part of Batman, Inc., so she doesn't get the uh, the uh, endowment <laughs> from the Wayne Foundation. She doesn't get the fire retardant suit and oh, the, uh, yeah, the Bat Belt TM. Come on. Know. And not to mention that she's been in the Eternal book quite a bit lately. Yeah. Doing dealing with some pretty dark stuff too. So well, yeah, this book is going to be completely yeah, separate man, that, from everything. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they they flip flop Batwoman and Batgirl. Batwoman um, was taken was out of the Bat universe right. and brought her in. Now she it feels like Batgirl's been taken away from the Bat universe as well. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's but for, she's not really because she's in the Eternal. Right, book. It's just, it just seems like this one's for a different audience than what exactly. the previous well, one was for. That's the big thing. This I think they're shooting for mm-hmm. you know the uh, the teen crowd, the younger teen well, crowd. The previous one wasn't selling well anyway. I mean, so maybe more teenage. I thought people. it was doing okay, but I don't know. No, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing with Simone. Maybe this one set, uh, you know, after Batgirl Year One or something like that. If they said that and it made it a different time, I guess I'd be kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Except for the same problem in the middle where she's worried about this grant thing for whatever nonsense she's supposed to be studying. Well, she's because real it's just smart. So, it's just so hard to not have money as a college student. Poor college student. Aw. And she doesn't get the grant, and then she doesn't call Daddy Bruce Warbucks. Come on now! <laughs> I think she's, it's because she's trying to do her own sister's thing. Sister's trying I to do it that's for herself. Death of the family. If I it's just its own separate, complete thing. It's mm-hmm. not it's like it's not even no, really her. It's been removed. Yeah, her whole man. character's been butchered. Mm-hmm. And even if that's the case, she wants to be separate from Bruce for whatever reason. If it's that freaking important for the do it or whatever. Come on now. But as Rob would say, the writers are doing a good job because we care that much about a fictional character. <sighs> because Gail Simone wrote her decent. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, okay, so moving forward. Yes. Uh, queso. <laughs> again, with the dip. <laughs> Cheese, whatnot. You son of a... Um, black sun- so moving from something that was kind of a mess, we'll move into uh, Black Science number nine. Is that a bad intro? Let's try it one more time. No, that was good. That was fine. <laughs> okay. Black Science 9. Mr. Mike? I don't know how to explain this book. <laughs> Compared to where the last issue left off, with the kids being lost. Right. Well, running kids, from those creatures, or whatever you call them, they look na- like Neanderthals. Neanderthals. Yeah. And they're about to be caught, and then this issue opens up with a dream sequence. Right. Which that's, That part's not so bad. No. The dream sequence, it's not even bad at all, really, but it's like three different books mashed together. Right. It's kind of what it is. Because we start out, we learn some new stuff, but I don't think we knew this in the grand. I am behind on black science quite a bit. So me reading this book, I really have no clue where number eight or number seven went at all. So I don't... Off Mikey was really railing about this. (laughs) Who was? You were. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it was, I was... Because Mike's like, yeah, I don't really understand it a whole bunch. There's pieces I'm not getting. And I'm like, huh, okay. So I read it too, and I'm like, oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> anyway, so book-wise, like, it, it really is like three stories. Because you open up, and we've got two little kids chasing each other through the forest. They're playing hide-and-seek, playing hide basically. And seek. Well, yeah, I guess they're... they're yeah, it's hide-and-seek. Like he's, he's hunting her, and she's she's got a compass, and she's hiding. So it's two. it's a brother-sister, two kids playing... Hide and go seek in the in the woods. Yeah. They're on With a family a camping trip. More sophisticated devices, right? Yeah. 
and a, the the younger the sister. I don't know which one's younger. They're probably the, they say they're the same age. I think they're twins or something. Yeah, they yeah. are. So she's hiding, and of course her brother catches her and jumps out, and scares her, and uh, he's like, "We should probably get back pretty soon because uh, Dad doesn't want us out after dark." She's like, "Okay, well, we have a couple more hours before the sun goes down. It should be my turn to hunt you." And he's like, "All right." So she gives him the compass and tells him to go hide. Gives him the count or whatever, and then she chases after him. And at one point, she's she's giving her own narrative. This is kind of cool. I like how she's narrating what she's doing with the uh, overblown German oh, yeah. accent. Yeah. yeah, like it's real. It's real. You stalk the prey. Blah blah. It's it's pretty. It's pretty cute. Um, and then also we hear see the brothers cry off screen. And she's like, quit screwing around. And she finds him, and he's at the bottom of a freaking well. And it's hard to say how he fell in, or if he was hiding in there, or what exactly. But he's down at the bottom of the water, hit his head, and uh, he asks, tells her to, to get something to fish down to him. And of course, there's nothing around for her to pull him out, and he's way down there. He's like, well, I can't, I can't trade water for much longer, or something like that. And uh, he tells her to go get Dad. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll go get Dad, but I, I don't know how to get back to camp, because you have the compass. At the bottom of the well. And he's like, well, you're just going to have to track your way back. And so she turns, and about that time, we get this crazy, like... It looks like a zombie World War One. Yeah. Dude. Like a World War I uh, ar- army person, army guy, sergeant, st- I don't know what he'd be. He's got the crazy metal helmet. It looks awesome. It mm-hmm. really does. And it tells her, you know he's going to die down there. I'm pretty sure that's how he sounds when he says it. And she starts freaking out, and this thing starts chasing her. And he keeps telling her that, you know, he's going to die because you couldn't find the way home. And then it tells her, how many units, they asked her, how many universes do you think the right twin died in? Which is pretty freaking crazy. And all of a sudden she wakes up, and it's the it's her fully grown. And we find out that she it's the other girl with the black hair. I can't remember her name. Becca. Becca. And she wakes up in the, in a tent on whatever world they're on completely freaking out so i don't believe we knew that there was a twin before this i don't think but granted like i said there's a whole bunch in there in the middle that i haven't read yet so i think it's the first time we find out there's another there's another twin and then from there that basically ends and we jump to the kids right which almost makes sense like up to this point it, it kind of makes sense because the kids are still running from the yanderthal things and they wind up running into these bug alien things the bug aliens want to kill the neanderthals yeah, they catch up to them, and they're try- the 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 Neanderthals are trying to kill them. Right. And then this, I don't know what what I don't know what that is. It's a bug alien. Yeah, it's like a bug alien. Yeah. And starts uh, talking about calling them savage heathens, and well, he's talking to the talking to the Neanderthals, and they they basically tell them they're going to purify them. They start like I don't know, dissolving them. Everybody gets purified. Everybody gets sent to the light. If you're right. alive, you need to be purified. You're a sinner. Yeah, pretty Which much. will uh, award them swift passage into the beyond. That's what he says. Right. But he ends up uh, getting a hold of one of the, the Neanderthals' children. Right. And that's when the uh, the the boy decides he's not going to let that happen. He's not going to let him kill him. Right. Even though they were running from these same Neanderthals, he wasn't going to let the bug vaporize the kid. So he right. pretty well tackles the thing and starts yelling at it for attacking a kid. And that's when the thing seems to like recognize what he is or he thinks he recognizes him? something he sees on his backpack. I, I don't know what exactly it is the bug thing recognizes, but 
it seems to recognize him as something different than what he that what they thought he was. Which is weird too. He calls him a goblin and walks the unbound path. We are blessed. Right. So whatever that means. So it looks like he wants to gather him up and take him wherever. Right. Um. From there, it's like a whiteout with some blood splatter, maybe. Blood splatter, a little bit of dialogue at the bottom. And this is where I'm. Everything flew off the rails. For yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, did Did you read that? Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. I think since uh, Remender pulled a stunt early on in the series and killed off the main character. Right. Um, uh, there's a hooded, I don't know, what, whatever you call that. It's kind of like a tur. It's, I don't know, it's like a it. mummy wrap no, <laughs> type like of a, like thing. A turban? <clears throat> it's not a turban. What do you call it when it, it's... Man, I... But it's wrapped around his face. Yeah. It's like a shroud of some kind. The only thing I can think of is, like, the uh, the movie The Mummy, whenever they run into the guys in the desert with the black... All the black uniforms all. It's not really a veil. It's like a... It's like a cloth, man. Like a desert... Think of uh, Lawrence of Arabia. No, I don't know what you're talking about. That's what it looks like. But it's wrapped around his face. It's wrapped around his face. Well, anyway... All it is is to hide the face from us. He's driving a, a car... Right. It's like an old car. It's yeah. Very long. It's just different. Um, it's ba- it ba- basically we open up from that white page into like a chase sequence out of Indiana Jones and Cairo, yep. with it's a sci- the, with a sci-fi twist. Yes, because yeah, yeah. the cars are like old, but they're more high tech. Yeah, one looks like a train engine. It, right, and there's random train tracks through the sky, like. And they're they're shooting at him. Oh yeah. Shooting. It's 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 crazy, and I I you know I didn't understand the yeah I don't understand the bug god either. It's it, it just there's like three panels yeah that have nothing to do with this chase sequence. Well, not now they don't. Well, they will eventually, I'm Maybe. sure. I don't know. T- talking about th- this dude's wife and children, um, I I don't get it. I really don't. I'll say it. I don't understand it. Back to the car sequence. Um, it looks like in the back one of these cars is that Kadir character. Yeah. That's protecting everyone now. Even though he got the other guy killed, now he's stepping up. Well, it's like another version of him from a different reality. Right. I, I didn't pick him as Kadir, but you're right. When I see him now, I, I can see that. When I first saw him, I'm like, hey, that's a crazy guy with the fez hat on. Right. Because that's what he's wearing. And obviously, the dude got away. Well, because well, I think in, I can't tell. In the process tell. of the chase, he does. In the process of the chase, we've got the guy with the wrap around his face chasing the Kadir-looking dude with the fez hat. The fez hat guy has four or five henchmen types that have little beard goatee things going on. And Tommy guns. And Tommy guns. And uh, they get to wherever they're going, and he's got. I assume whatever he ha- what Kadir has is what our guy's after, and it's some type of box he opens up, and it's very like. Pulp Fiction, where you see the glow comes from the box, but you don't see what's in the box. And he closes it and says, don't let him get inside. And they stop, and he runs inside the building, and the other guys are left outside to try to take out the dude chasing them. Who elects to kill those guys by crashing the car into them, which is pretty awesome. And it explodes. It explodes and kills the dudes. Well, I assume they kills them. I mean, he crashed the car into them. Mm-hmm. So they're probably well, dead. Well, it shows him standing over the wreckage. Right. He grabs a Tommy gun, and then on the final page, we see... Grant McKay. Grant McKay, Grant McKay. Or the 
main character main character that died before, so it must be a different alternate reality version. Has to be. Well, yeah, the whole bug jumps through. Well, yeah, the dimensions. whole premise. So. If you haven't read Black Science and you're equally confused, it drums through multiple realities through a device that they call the, the pillar. Pillar, and it, if you're around the pillar when it when it moves, it'll transfer you to the next world. And so we've seen multiple universes, multiple worlds. But it's gone haywire because the Kadir has been sabotaged right. it to begin with. And now they're trying to get back, but they keep randomly jumping. So we may just been introduced to another universe. I, well, I'm sure that's what it is. Well, that's the first time it's thrown me off. Yeah. It's been pretty easy to follow. It's been crazy. Right. The art's great. The story's great. Oh, great. I mean, you that's can't get any better true. than this, really, to me. If you were to start this as the first issue you ever read, you have no idea what happens. No, I, could, I wouldn't have. Like, no. up, up to you mentioning the kids running from the barbarian things before. It was on track. I Well, I, at that point, I, being that I didn't read the issue before this. Well, true. I have no idea how that fit anywhere. So that part of my anger and confusion got solved just now. Granted, I haven't read the previous issue. So they were running, and yes. they had time to stop to sleep. Right. And then continue mm-hmm. running. I was wondering it if I looks, missed an issue well, or they, something. They were like hiding that. from them mm-hmm. at the end of the last issue. Yeah, right. the, but the, they're separated from the main party. Mm-hmm. So the kids are off by themselves, whereas the other group is sleeping in tents and stuff because they're not where the kids are. But as far as yeah, the kid ran. having the w- the woman having the dream was a different was one of the characters from the camp. Right, right. So they're all they're all set up, split up separate right now. So it makes a lot more sense to me now than it did before, admittedly, because I hadn't read the previous issue. It's still weird the way it jumps at the end without any kind of explanation of the jump at all, and I think it, it must be when they do the flash page, the white blood and stuff. They must move us to another reality to introduce us to this version of the father. Which, I guess, I don't know, now it makes a lot more sense. God, man, last night when I read it, I'm like, what's going on? Which opens up a whole new set of questions. It does. So. But a whole other... Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I, I okay. Uh, Mike, you want a scorebook? Well, because it was confusing, I'll only give it a, I'll give it a three and a half, but... The art's amazing, as usual. Right. Uh, Scalera and White. Mm-hmm. And Remender, he knows what he's doing for the most part. That's, right. You know, he hasn't let us down yet. That's me anyway. Mm-hmm. So, hang in there. Mm-hmm. You know, three and a half, four, somewhere in there. Okay, it's still pretty The whole story is a, in general, yeah. to me, is just amazing. This is my favorite book at the moment. So. Right. Hey, Ross? I'd give it a three, pretty mm-hmm. much solely for the art alone. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Craig? I'll go with three. Okay. Curtis? <clears throat> Excuse me. Like Mike said, the series has been really, really good. Right. And you have a dynamic writer. <clears throat> right. An artist who draws really dynamically. Sometimes you get lost, I think. If 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 Mateo ever scaled it back, we may be able to find more. If Remender ever scaled it back, we may be able to find more. But they work good in tandem, but sometimes it just gets crazy. I couldn't, right. I couldn't see a different artist doing the book at this point. Well, me neither. Right. And uh, he, he, he shows his, uh, his uh, artistic ability with the first scene with the kids. Right. It's not that dynamic. But when you get to the middle, it goes crazy. In the end, it slows down, but then goes crazy again. Right. It's not a book you can fly through. No. You want to take you have, your time. You have to take and... yeah, everything. Right. right. So I'll give, I'll give it a three. Okay. I, I enjoy the series as a four and a half, five. Right. But this one, like you all said, it's not easy to jump on at all. No. Yeah, if you're trying to start the book at this point, you'd, they, you'd be completely lost. 
it wouldn't make any sense. It looks like three different books spliced together. Right. So if and, you do want to jump on the book, at least go a few issues prior. Yeah, right, a couple. Or even pick up the first trade if that's out. Which it is out now, yeah. Uh, one through, I want to say one through five, and it's ten bucks. Okay. So it stays totally standard. worth it. Image style, definitely worth it, yeah. And, I mean, Reminder, first few issues are dead on, and then he likes to branch out. Right. And sometimes in the branch out, you will get lost. Right. <laughs> but he'll bring Just it back. Just get trades, people. Just no, get trades. No, you shut your mouth over there. You shut your stupid mouth. It doesn't make sense. Peace that first meal. issue will definitely. We condemn the trade, okay? That first issue will definitely hook you, though. Oh, yeah. No, oh, it's, yeah. that was definitely good. Because I wasn't tone. here. Trades are good. No, no, Craig, no. You collectors. Okay. Somebody punch that guy in the mouth. <laughs> or take him outside and flog him. Flogging? Trades Both of you two are bad. sitting next to him. Flogging. Trades are not bad. Flog, flog him. Craig. <laughs> you, you can say it all day long, sir, but until your books are done because no one buys them, then there will be no trade, sir. And the only thing you'll have to do is watch the internet, which I know you like. <laughs> Um, Score-wise, I initially last night I was super pissed. Like I was really pissed because I didn't understand what the hell was going on, and I'm like, I was pretty flabbergasted to buy it. Now, granted, after a little bit of explanation of the previous issue, I I give it I still give it a three. The art's great. I like them introducing the new McCabe because at the end, the, the this version of him is very much like Indiana Jones, and I I like that. I think that's awesome, especially the way he fucking crashed a car into those guys. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Whereas the previous father was very, it wasn't just he was self-involved, but he was kind of, sh- I don't know. He was unsure. Yeah, he was, he was very, he was not actions. confident. And that's, Things that's, just, he kind of almost stumbled into solutions. Right. Whereas this guy may have the same problem, but he's very more hand solo about it than anything else, so. And I think they've let him be gone long enough. Yeah, i say about, so. Just about right. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll see where the next one goes. I'm sure they'll explain where that bug thing yeah. But, uh, yeah, initial read, if you were to start at this book, you yeah, no, not a good place to start. Not at all. But the series as a whole, awesome. No, it's, still, it's good. It's still good. Not not, not disputing that, but it, as far as the setup is concerned, if you were to start here, forget it. Because the first half makes sense, then all of a sudden you have this, it's like three different books put together. It's crazy. Anyway, um, okay, so let's move on to... Birthright? Birthright? Yes. All right. Birthright, what do you think about Birthright, Mr. Curtis? So it's written by Joshua Williamson, who's doing Nailbiter right now and Ghosted. Okay, um, I do like Ghosted. And uh, Nailbiter also, actually. The artist is Andre Bresson, and colored by Andrea, Adriana Lucas. So Birthright, we open up with a uh, young kid named Mikey playing baseball with his dad. Right. And he, dad's on the phone with mom, and uh, they're playing catch, and... Dad catches the ball, throws it into a wooded area, a forest area. Um, Mikey runs off to get the ball. Uh, he doesn't return, so Dad goes in to find Mikey, and all he finds is the ball. Right. Um, we get back to Mom and Dad, and Dad's been accused of killing Mikey. Right. And uh, we go through that, and he goes through the press. He goes through depression, and we see him sitting on the couch by himself saying, Why does anybody believe me? Um, the father. Right. Right. <clears throat> so then uh, we see that a year has passed. And Mikey's brother is at school, and he's putting up a missing poster. Right. And uh, some bully pulls it down and says, uh, we don't need this here. Uh, we know your dad killed your brother. Right. So his, he's been fighting with that at school. Um, he goes home, and he sees divorce papers that his mom had served today. 
and his brother's like, of all days, why did you pick today? Which the important part about that is that while he was on the phone with the mother, the whole reason they were out playing catch in the first place for was because at home, mom and the older brother were planning a surprise birthday party for Mikey. Mm-hmm. So we have to assume that the divorce it's papers on his, is on, on the birthday of Mikey. <clears throat> so the brother goes through the house to find dad, and he finds dad passed out in a room surrounded by beer bottles. Right. Uh-huh. I believe it's Mikey's room. The way it looks, mm-hmm. it's the kid's room. Mm-hmm. The rest of the house is full of bottles and paper, and just it's a wreck. And at this time, we assume that mom's no longer living there. Right. We you have to assume so. But the kid's room, pristine. So they get a knock at the door, and it's an investigator for this missing persons case and he says it would be in your best interest to come with me both of you so dad and and son follow the detective to their uh precinct Mm -hmm. and lo and behold mom is there and mom and dad begin arguing and the son's like why do you all what can't you not fight for one second right so they go into this uh yeah, interview view, room viewing room the viewing side of it yeah and it's got the double-sided glass and mm-hmm. they see this grown man dressed in fantasy clothes armor right and he's got tattoos on his arms he's got long hair and a beard right and the investigator's like well this guy came out of the woods and he's going to be a prime suspect in this and i thought you should meet him and uh we find out that the dad's like that's mikey i yeah. know that mm-hmm. i know a, a father knows and uh, Mikey starts telling the story about, or the investigator is like, so you were kidnapped. And he said, I, I wasn't kidnapped. And then he gives a story about being picked up by two fairies, who I can't remember their names. I think uh-huh. Rhea is one of them. Probably. And they get flown to this fantasy land. And there he meets this big ogre named Rook. Right. And Rook tells him, you're the chosen one. And... Uh, Mikey's like, I just want to go see my family. And he says, no, your home is here now. And uh, we see this big double-page spread of, like, a castle in the forefront and another castle in the background. It's just a grandiose fantasy world. Right. And uh, he continues to say uh, that he was uh, uh, fighting for, uh, fighting against, he was brought to fight against uh, this lord who was trying to push all the citizens of this town out. Right now, these places have a name. I don't have the book with me, I, so I, I can't. I can't really remember. Yeah, I don't. As far as the city names, I don't think they're terribly important. But the the villain was like Lord Death, something. Yeah, but it's a it's a pretty big name. And there was a statue of this person there. Yeah. So Rook has brought him with these fairies to help combat this Lord because he was the chosen one, and uh, <coughs> he continues to say that um, Rook set up this final fight. So he could go back home, and that's when he starts. Walk- that's when they uh, see him walking out of the forest. Right. Um, well, basically, the the whole thing was that you can't return home, and or he was told it, once he defeated the Lord, the evil Lord, that he'd be able to return home. Right. And so. And and we find out that in this other world, time moves a lot faster than it does in ours. Right. So it's been a year in our world, but Mikey's grown up into this full man, this full. Uh, Conan person who one right. of the investigators says okay Conan and then laughs about it right so they leave Mikey in this room and we see his reflection in the mirror sitting sideways and the reflection starts talking to him and he says are you alone yes okay good and then on the final page we see this smoky red demon come out and we find out that Mikey actually lost the last battle 
and this demon was going to use him to wipe all of his enemies off of the earth so they can watch it burn. Right. So nobody else is seeing this, and Mikey's kind of in a trance-possessed state. Right. So he's he's been used as a pawn for this Lord Death God. Right. God Lord Death. I can't remember the name. I think Dang God it. Lord Death might be right, actually. And uh, Mikey's going to be used as a pawn to destroy Earth. And it's from a medieval... It, it goes from a, uh, a family story to a detective story to a fantasy story. Well, didn't at some point, didn't uh, like the uh, detective say something about he's partly right, his fingerprints ma match? DNA. Yeah. 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 Like they're working on it. Right. But, but everything and, so far. And the dad's like, he's going home tonight with me. Oh, and, yeah. and the And the investigator's like, no, he's, he's going to be a suspect in this missing person's child case. So yeah, that's where we leave off with those two. They, they play it pretty hard with the detective. The detective this entire time has been accusing him of killing Mikey. Mm -hmm. and He was the lead detective on it. Ultimately, yeah, the, all the, the play for that, like he interrogated the father over and over again about it. And uh, they say that the fingerprints match, the dental records match from whenever Mikey was taken or originally lost. Mm -hmm. And they were waiting on DNA results to come back. And the whole time, like, the mother's like, it can't be true, it can't be true. And the brother's like, it can't be true, it can't be true. And the detective guy's like, well, we don't know yet. Right. And dad, dad just is dead set. That's yeah. my son. Well, they do a pretty cool shot where you see the man in the room with the beard. And then they show the exact same shot of the father in the other room. And you can, you can see they're the same dude. Mm -hmm. They're the same. Just one's old and haggard and the other one's this younger, bearded, warrior type guy. Mm -hmm. So you can see the resemblance between the two. And the detective asked him a couple of times, do you recognize him? And, of course, the older son's like, no, I've never seen him before. And the mother's like, no. And that's when the father says, it's it's Mikey. So it's it's, uh, it's got, a, I don't know, it's got some cool stuff on it, man. Uh, anyway, uh, Curtis, scorebook. Well, in the back. <clears throat> oh, me. go on, yeah. In the back, the, the writer, Joshua Williamson, mentions watching these movies as a kid, Stand By Me, Wizard of Oz. All these things could take kids to a different land, right. so to speak. And uh, he said that every time they come back, they never have to deal with the consequences. Mm. So this is his story, Wizard of Oz, Stand By Me, and having to deal with the consequences of returning. Right. So that kind of adds another level to the story for me, at least. Sure. Um, without that back there, it would still be an awesome story. Right. <clears throat> so score-wise, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it, as a first issue... I'm really digging it, and I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. It's really, really good. So cool. the art's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who the artist is. I, I don't remember ever seeing any other work. I don't remember the name on it. Andre I, Bresson, I believe, is what the artist is. I think. I know the, well, I know the variant cover was done by Sylvester. That's all yeah. I can remember. But I, I don't re recall any other work, but it's very, it's, it's very finished. Um, I don't know if there's an inker involved. But the art's very good with colors as well. So Lucas, right? Yeah. Huh. So. All right. Four and a half. Cool. Um, I I, I will follow suit with that. Um, I give it a four and a half. Also, it's it's good. Man, the art style it it pops. Like the way Rook looks mm -hmm. is awesome. And to bring you into the mind state of the dad. Yeah. And how they, bad that would feel. Man, they do a good job about it. Like, the way they lay the whole thing out, yeah. and the time passage over the year, and showing everything falling apart. And nobody and like, believing you. Yeah. Even up to the point where your son returns, and they still don't believe you. Right. 
So it's, that's got to be so frustrating. Yeah, as far as like the setup for the dad, like you, it's you feel really bad for him. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I I give it four and a half. Also, it's 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 good. It's just good. Mr. Mike, I'm gonna follow suit and give it a four and a half. It's the first issue, really strong. A lot of emotion. Oh yeah, yeah. The art's phenomenal. Every the colorist is great. Yeah, it's I, uh, definitely mm-hmm. it's 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 different. Very different. Right. Um, it's yeah, it's four and a half, easy. Cool. Ms. Ross, I give it a four and a half to you. Okay. Excited for the next one. Yeah. Like the idea of the story a lot. So. Copycat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Craig. I haven't read this one. Okay. From the uh, strength of the story alone, though, I'd give it. I'd probably give it a three and a half. I just haven't seen the art or anything. Right. So, so I can't give it any extra sure. points for that part. But. Right. Right. And uh, Williamson, I mean, Ghosted Nailbiter, those are horror books. Right. They are. He's also writing a superhero book for Dark Horse. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Captain Midnight, I believe. Oh, I didn't realize he's doing that. I think that's him. If it's not, I apologize. But this just shows. He's got a grasp on pretty much every genre. Right. right. A lot of range. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Ghost which, I like a lot. Which some people get just stuck in that one move, mode. Right. So. I think this one might be big. Yeah. Might I, be big. The way it feels right now, yeah. Like that catch at the end, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Because up to that point, you're like, okay, so weird time travel nonsense. Now you're going to try to integrate into society. Oh, wait, he's here to destroy the world. Right. What the? Awesome. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Good. Very well written. Very well drawn. Yeah, that fan. All right, uh, let's do. Which is Thor? Oh yeah, I forgot let's about Thor. Thor. Thor issue one, Mister Ross. What do you know about Thor? Don't tell him he's the he's the Odin son, because I know you know that. Thor's a lady now. No, that's. Uh, he's got that's... long hair and a hammer. Uh, Usually a winged helmet. You both are. What do you know He's about got Thor? big circles on his Thor? chest. <sighs> okay. I so think now they're called breasts. You should shut up. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I'm looking straight ahead. <laughs> quit, quit using your hands in motion like that. Hmm. All right. Headlights, car. <laughs> well, sometimes you had to drive them. So Thor number one, and this is the uh, the new all new Marvel now Thor, I guess. We had some stuff happen during a series called Original Sin. And these are the fallout results from that. Basically, we open up with uh, Odin returning to Asgard. And, uh, well, I guess it's not true. There's a little bit before that. So we originally open up we're with a group of divers at the bottom of the ocean. And they're investigating a huge power surge in this trench. And they get over there, and uh, they're like, well, there's nothing here now. There's a batch in, a, like, a little submarine. And uh, they're reporting back to base about there being nothing there. And about that time, we start seeing... What they describe as a mountain move in front of them in the bottom of the ocean. And then also we see it's a hand. And uh, that leads to some screaming and what we assume is death. Um, then we have some. Then we flash a little bit from there up to the moon. And uh, on the moon we have a bunch of Asgardians standing there watching Thor attempt to pick up the hammer. And apparently he's been doing it for weeks. With no success. And there's some dialogue between uh, Freya and uh, and uh, Odin. And, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's... She, uh, Odin, she put him in his place. She did. Uh, Odin has been gone from Asgard doing whatever Odin does. And in the meantime, Freya's basically been running 
she's been the all-mother and been basically asserting him or running Asgard for him. And uh, she's done things a little different. Uh, anyway, so Odin is back now, and he's he's kind of pissed at her because he can't believe that she's let this befall their son, blah, 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 blah. And uh, in the meantime, we, we get a little more explanation about how he's going to change everything back to the way it was, and she she knocks she puts him in his place with just in general as like well the whole time I've been running the place none of the walls are falling, and he's like I'm I'm Odin. Well, he said something to her about the reason you know he, she coddled him. Well, yeah, she says well he says well the only reason he can't pick up the hammer is because you've been coddling him, and she's like well, <laughs> okay. Anyway, there's a it cuts back and forth between these two batches of scenes. Anyway, we go back to the uh, the divers, and uh, now at this point, the, with the people inside the facility they were radioing to at the bottom of the ocean, and we see some giant feet, and in the process of that, then all of a sudden we see what looks like this a siege of frost giants at the bottom of the ocean attacking this outpost or the submarine studying center at the bottom of the ocean. And then Malkith shows up. And Malkith tells the few scientists that they're looking for something that was lost that they have found. And he asks where it is. And the first scientist says, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he melts his face off. Then he turns to the second scientist and he says, where is it? And the second scientist uh, also, I don't know what you're talking about. So he melts his face off. And then we come to the third scientist and he says... Ask him the same question, where is it? And the third scientist tells him, well, I don't, know what, I don't know what we're looking for, but I can find it. He's like, okay, good job, show me. Pretty much out of nowhere, that's how the whole thing goes down. And the Frost Giants are looking for whatever it is that he believes they found. Which crazy town. Anyway, uh, we cut back up to the moon. And Odin's had about enough of everybody's nonsense, so he's, he's going to go over and pick up the hammer and... In the process, um, Volstag lets everyone know that Thor asked him to try to pick it up at one point, and even Volstag, the uh, brave, couldn't pick it up. And we find out that all of the other soldiers of Asgard have tried. So the Warriors Three all tried, and they couldn't move it. So Odin goes over and talking about how they're all just a bunch of weakling, blah, 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 whatever. He tries to pick up the hammer, and he can't move it either. And that's where Freya knocks him down another peg, and she says, oh, have I been coddling you, too? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and it, it's pretty good. That's funny. Um, in the meantime, while he's trying to pick up the hammer, um, they, Volsag makes a mention of, well, it must be the hammer that's become enchanted, and not Thor. Because initially, what winds up happening is something that's said to him that causes the hammer to drop. And so they all believe that something's been done to the hammer. Um... Anyway, we get noticed that there's a attack happening in Midgard by Frost Giants, and so Thor basically stands up and leaves, says that he's going to go to the weapon room and then go to his home. And so Odin's like, all right, everybody, back to Asgard. And Freya's like, uh, no, we're going to go to Midgard and fight. Hmm. And he's like, what? She's like, yeah, you don't understand. We've been running things the way we've been running things. We're going to follow my son and go back to Asgard. And she says, no, he said he was going home. And it just tells us that Thor doesn't feel like Asgard is his home, but he feels like Earth is his home. And uh, she basically tells him that, yeah, well, I've been running things different, so we're going to go fight this battle. 
Anyway, while that whole debate's going on, Thor basically goes and collects Jawbone, the uh, crazy killer axe thing he has, or the axe weapon from the previous God of Thunder stories, and decides to go kill Frost Giants. Problem is, Thor hasn't slept or eaten for, I don't know, over a week while he's trying to pick up the hammer. And uh, fighting Frost Giants, not the easiest thing to do. Underwater, or in general. Anyway, the battle doesn't go so well for Thor, and uh, we wind up off-camera seeing him lose his arm. And then we see it float in the water later. And whatever it is Malekith is looking for, as the uh, research facility is flooding, uh, he finds, and so he leaves the scientist to basically drown, tells him, breathe easy, I have no more harm intent for you. And the dude's basically drowning. Anyway... Uh, the as the Frost Giants ask what to do with the uh, demigod, and he says, oh, he won't be joining us. And the whole time he's telling Thor about not having the hammer, so who knows who all knows about it, but Malekith does. Then we flash from there back up to the, uh, back up to the moon, and we see uh, a blacked-out silhouette of a, of a person in a dress on the moon, and uh, they stroll over to the hammer and pick it up, and the next page is the reveal of the new Thor. It's a lady. And it's a lady. <laughs> she says there must always be a Thor. And that's where it ends. So, it, it's got some crazy talent in it, man. Prophecy stuff from the previous series with the whole losing arm thing, which is crazy, too. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was pretty good. Like, I, I liked it. Um... If I was going to score it, I would give it a, uh, I'd give it three and a half. Are you going to score it? I'm scoring it right okay. now, three and a half. <laughs> done and done, Mr. Mike, your score, go. Well, at first I wasn't real thrilled about this whole thing, because I've been reading the God of Thunder pretty much from the beginning. Right. And I don't like change. No, you don't. Not like this drastic. Mm -hmm. But I read the afterword. Jason Aaron wrote. This oh, a follow-up. This okay. has been part of the plan all along. Kind of urging, just hang, just give it a try. Right. This is this is part of it all, and Thor's not going going to be gone. He's still going to be here. He's going to have his celestial killing axe. Yarn, Yarnborn. Yeah. Something like that. So, all right. Jawbones. I, you know, I gave it a try, and it turned out to be pretty good. The art's a little different than Ribbick's. I think it's Dodderman. Dodderman. But it's still good. Right. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. I, it, I, I, I was impressed. Sure. I think it, yeah, it, it might turn out all right. All right. And that la the issue before, when you want to read a good Malekith story, it's his origin. That is crazy. <laughs> Ross, you got to check that out. Yeah. So, Mr. Yeah. Ross, score for book? I'd give it a four. I really, really liked it. I mean, I'm not a big Marvel person. Right. But I liked him uh, using the axe and the frost giants. And it was really, really cool. Right on. I'm, I honestly, I'm not interested at all with the new girl Thor. But if there's a lot of Thor riding around on his goat with his axe, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right Those on. goats are pretty cool. What are yeah. their names? Masher yeah. and Thrasher. Yeah. Mr. Craig? I didn't read this one. Okay. Um, not a Thor guy, really. Do whatever you want to Thor, I just don't care. I didn't either until I read this one. Uh, the most I ever cared was when uh, they were over Oklahoma and 
then it was not even really about Thor most of the time. It was about all the other gods and the citizens of the town. So, I'll give you that. And the Warriors 3. That's the one so, thing about this book, though. They've kept it separate from the rest of the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe for the most part. It's been its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of not. That's what makes it. I like it. Yeah. I think that's the way Stan or single, what am I saying? Single character issue should be. Right. Just keep it out of the Avengers, make it its own That's what it used to be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they've kept it away from uh-huh. the events, even. Right. This curse? I don't like the fact that they took Russell Dodderman from Cyclops. <laughs> right. I, I haven't been reading Thor. Right. Uh, this issue. I like the whole jawbone thing. I really right. do. And like you said, I like him riding his goat. Uh... I don't remember. Did they show him without an arm on that? Not physically, but they show the arm floating in the water. But on the on the goat, was they alluded. Fire? They alluded to the fact that he got. They didn't really. Okay. Well, they yeah they they pretty well show it. They just don't show the actual cutting. Right. Oh, maybe they replace his arm with a goat head. So the art in it is You're okay. The art in it's really good. I, I like Russell Dodderman. Uh, Jason Aaron's never like let us down. Right. I'm just not a. I'm not a Thor fan. A Thor fan. Uh, I'll give it a three. If they replace his arm with a goat head, I'll give it a four just on that. We need to lock the door. You wanted him over here. I'm the man. That's my mistake. Gosh. Um, Any guesses as to who it is that picked up the hammer? No. It's not Angela. No. It's not, uh, uh, what's the girl's name? The doctor. Oh, uh, um, it, no, it's not her, but I, I uh, Jane. Jane. Yeah, I can't remember her last name. It's not, it's not Dr. Jane. No. Um, do you know who it is? I don't know for sure, but I have a really strong feeling of who it is. So you wanted us to guess so you could guess? Yes. Okay. I think it's the All-Mother. I think she's the one to pick up the hammer. Freya? Yeah. That's who I thought it was. I, think I thought Freya. that's what the story was leading Isn't to. Isn't she actually. a little too old? Once you get in power of the power of Thor, I don't think you're old at all. They who be worthy. Maybe it's one of his mothers, one of the three. Iden or the other three. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we, whoever it is has got to be able to walk on the moon, and we always saw Freya on the moon next to the hammer. So I, I'm pretty sure it's her. Granted, I mean, it's not straight given to you. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Okay. I wasn't sure, though, if they had shown before that it was her, and I just missed that. It just seemed like they were alluding to it a lot. And, uh, yeah, they haven't shown it before this. I know. They're getting into Fantastic Four, so it's going to be Sue Storm. The... Oh, the Invisible Woman. <laughs> As Thor. Now, that is a that twist. That would be crazy. crazy. Yeah. What a twist. Think of that guy from Sixth oh. Sense to make it. Thor powers and <laughs> shield projection. Mm. Turn invisible. Yep. Yeah. No, Ross. No. <laughs> no. I'm gonna go with his idea. The which part? Uh, Sue Storm. Storm. All right. Yeah. Anybody for it being just Storm? Storm. That way, <laughs> when, she's already done that. Bit. Oh, okay. I think that, she'd look a little bit. That different. way, when it turns Probably. out to be somebody who we never thought it would be. Our answer won't sound as outlandish. <laughs> okay. Mm. Swamp thing. It's Swamp so, thing. It's Swamp thing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Jeff Jones. I think it's Lois Lane. Mm. Lois Lane? <laughs> it's wrong universe. It's wrong universe. Rogue. 
She has no connections make, to Superman anymore, so why not? Make, make the X-Men relevant again, I guess. You can't do that because then all of a sudden Fox will own Thor. You can't have that happen. Oh. Exactly. This is the comic books. No, it doesn't matter anymore. <clears throat> no, you're Character creation. Me. No, man. Anything if They make a new character in the X-Men, all of a sudden Fox owns it. Mm. You weren't here earlier, Craig. So you missed some things. I wasn't here. I missed something. Okay. Yes, that's true. All right, well, let's move on to Witches. Witches. Witches, the, the book Witches. <laughs> With a W. Written by Scott Snyder, drawn by Jock, and uh, colored by Matt Hollinsworth. Boom. So we open up with a black page with the definition of witch. You turn that page, and that same definition's there, but it looks like it's been scratched over. Yeah. Scratched over. Okay, so then we cut to <laughs> uh, a shot of a tree with a hole in it. Right. And it pans closer and closer and closer, and we see that there's a human inside this tree that's saying, help me. It's a female. We cut. We, we go to the next page, we see this female is, like, missing her nose. Yeah. Like, it got bit off or something like it's that. It's a mess. And she's inside this hollow tree. And we see that she's standing on something, and there's a noise from the tree sounding like, chit, 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 or something like that. Right. And uh, we see a, a young kid outside named Timmy. And Timmy is evidently this lady's son. And she's asking Timmy, hey, pick up that rock and, and break me out of this tree. Timmy picks up this rock, and we see him smash her across the face with it. <laughs> and uh, then we see a hand come out of the tree with her face and grabs her from behind and pulls her back into the tree. Right. Timmy says, pledged is pledged. And we, there's a little uh, uh, box that says, the Cray family, 1919. Right. So we cut to modern day. And there's a father out with his daughter waiting for their bus. And they're talking about uh, hippogriffs. And the daughter's like, that's a griffin. So this this is just some character building. Right. Where the, We find out that the daughter's really nervous because this is going to be her first day of school at a new school. Right. This family's just been here for about a month. And she's worried that these people are already going to know her. So... She gets on the bus after her dad's kind of calmed her down about having to kill the hippogriffs with putting firecrackers in their mouths and their butts. That's basically like mini D&D. &D yeah. <laughs> right. And the daughter mentions him like, what are you, five? And he's like, you brought it up. And she's like, no, I didn't. It's <laughs> pretty funny. So then uh, the bus shows up. A uh, girl gets on the bus. As they're driving away, we see in the distance, she's looking through the window, we see in the distance that there's this uh, really slender figure, bald, with a, uh, uh, not a camouflage, but a, what are they called? Flannel shirt on. <laughs> yeah, like a... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he's like a redneck. And you can tell that the face is kind of dis deformed. A little bit, yeah. Um, so then we cut from there to... Uh, Dad's evidently got this studio in his house, and he's working on a, uh, a comic strip, it looks like. Like a children's book. And he's on the phone with his uh, ass assistant or writer or something like that. I, I want to say it's probably the... the, the the, 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 controls, the publishing house, yes. Okay. That's where I publish But yes. we find out that they know each other pretty well. Yeah. And they've been, he's known this other guy named Reg for, since they were 13. And they're having these conversations about where their story should start with this young Taylor kid in this story. And uh, Reg is like, how about the Tunnel of Love? And Dad's like, you know he's 13. And Reg is like, well, you remember me at 13. Remember this, this girl? So then they, they leave with that, and uh, he mentions uh, Mom as Lucy, and uh, 
prior to this, Dad went back into the house after a girl left for the school and met with Lucy, and we find out that Lucy's in a wheelchair. Right. Um, so he's talking with uh, with Reg on the phone, and Lucy's in the same room with him in the studio, and he's like, hey, Reg, I got to go. We got a house guest, and we cut to this little uh, fawn that's in their house for some godforsaken reason. They don't know either. So then we cut back to uh, the young girl whose name we find out is Sailor Rooks, which is strange because we just read about a rook. Right. Anyway, she's in, uh, like, I'm guessing a chemistry class or something like that, and uh, the professor's talking about uh, gunpowder and how it's made, and then how in medieval times they found if you replace one of the ingredients of the gunpowder, it turns into fireworks. Right. And he demonstrates an explosion from a fuse. So I'm guessing he had a firecracker. That's irrelevant. So we see Sailor clapping, and she's sitting by this other young lady in class, and, uh, the lady mentions that the guy's a, a a brusher, a crotch brusher. Yes. And says that he'll brush his crotch on you if you're not careful. <laughs> not in any sexual way, but he'll do it anyway. So then we find out that this girl is already familiar with Sailor. Because Sailor's got this past. And as she's talking with this girl, this girl kind of fades into this other girl that we find out is named Annie. Annie's been a, a bully to Sailor. And in this particular instance, we find out that Annie's kind of mad, and they're facing off in this uh, forest area. So they're alone, and it's at nighttime. And Annie's mad at her for posting something online about Annie being a, a bully. And uh, they have this confrontation, and then Annie finally says, I just hate you. So then Sailor pulls out a knife, and she's ready to defend herself. What does Annie do when you take a knife to a gunfight? Annie right. pulls out a gun. And says, uh, you're going to do this particular thing, which she mentions doing something sexual with the knife. Right. And she's going to strip down, and she's going to take a video of this, and she's going to post it online for everybody to see. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. And uh, she says, I'll kill you if you don't. And uh, Sailor proceeds to take off her shoes. And as she's taking off her shoes, she hears that same sound that we heard from the lady that was in the tree. Right. Um, Annie thinks that Sailor told somebody that she came, and Sailor's like, I didn't tell anybody, and Annie cracks her over the head with the butt of the gun. And uh, Annie, Annie goes over to check out this, where this noise is coming from. We find out it's coming from a tree. Annie gets too close, and we see these long, these arms come out and grab her, long, pointy fingers. Just like the one that pulled that lady's head back into the tree. And Annie's asking for Sailor's help. And Sailor can't help her. So then we hear this screaming ringing out. The ee sound from Annie screaming. And we see her back in class. And then we see Mom and Dad back in the studio apartment. And we see the fawn that was in there making a terrible noise. An ee sound. Crazy. So the fawn bends forward and makes that same sound and pukes out, I believe it's its tongue. Yeah. And they are freaking out. Oh, yeah. I would be too. Yeah. So then we cut from that scene. We don't know what happened with that fawn, and I'm pretty sure we'll find out later. But So we cut from that scene back to an exterior shot of their house. And uh, it's a two-story house, meaning, and we already know that Mom is in a wheelchair. Right. And they're speaking about how different it is for her to be upstairs and not right next to him. 
uh, in the house, meaning bedroom-wise. Right. She's odd and ugly on one level. Yeah. So Dad's trying to, to console her about what happened through the day, and these kids already knew who she was, and uh, she didn't know what happened with Annie. Um, and the uh, Dad's still trying to console her, and she's like, no, Dad, I wanted this to happen to her, but I didn't do anything to her. And Dad's like, that's enough. There's a difference between wanting something to happen and actually acting on it. And when they found you, you were passed out. And uh, she kind of, like, she kind of just okay, Dad. Kind of consoles Dad or, or, or placates to Dad's right. wishes. Right. Let, let's go. And let's go to bed. So he goes back downstairs and talks with the wife. And uh, the wife's like, okay, she's gonna be fine. You need to calm down. What are we gonna do about the thing that happened in the studio? And as they're talking, um, we see a shot of uh, Sailor still in bed looking out her window. And we, we, we see her hear a hiss, like it's... And uh, she asks, is someone there? And we see a shot outside. And then the shot outside is a big tree. And inside that tree, on the branches, we see a demonic-looking person who we assume is a witch because, hey, the book's called Witches, right? Right. So the witch does that same sound, and uh, uh, a sailor's like, Annie? So we cut back downstairs to the parents, and the parents hear it, and as dad's running upstairs, there's this big crash, and he yells for her name. And we see an exterior shot again of the house, and we see that same tall, slender, deformed-looking face, whatever it was, kneeling outside of the house in front of a, a row of teeth. I'm guessing div divining something. I'm not certain. But uh, Dad walks into the room. He says, oh, God, and that's where we leave off. So it's it's a pretty, uh, just like Birthright, but in a different sense, it's very gripping. Right. Uh, in Birthright, we see what happens, and this one we don't. So it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty well-written story. Of course, it's Scott Snyder. He's right. done horror before. Yeah. So he's done really well. Of course, he's Batman. Right. No, he's not Batman, but well, he does Batman. Right, Batman. And then there's an afterword in this one as well, just like uh, in, in Williamson's book, in Birthright, where he talks about actually going into these forests and having these uh, adventures as a kid and searching for witches. And he found a box of teeth in a graveyard once, an actual graveyard, and then he found this old truck. So it lends to the story. Right, and uh, I like seeing that. Hey, this is what his imagination is conjured from when he was a kid, yeah, and he's putting it on paper now. I that, think we can all kind of relate to that, yeah, in one and, way or another. Yeah, we were speaking about that prior to the cast too, and uh, but he makes it very genuine. Oh, definitely, definitely, and it's it's got the same backing as a Stand by Me story that uh, Williamson mentioned, and I mean not the same backing, but. Uh, these stories that you want to expand on when you're a kid and right. he's got the platform to do such now and um, it's just he said that this is the scariest thing he's ever written and he's had to step away from the script before because it got so scary for him that's, so, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it if, seems like a real Stephen King high school like uh, that right. he's always writing about in uh, things like uh, you know uh, Carrie or uh, uh, it. Christine, yeah, and I, but uh, I, more re you know how he kind of goes off the uh, cart though, 
of this is more grounded, more solid, I think. It's the messed up high school, but... Right. And I've never been a fan of witches. But there's a different sense in this. It feels like more of a demonic presence or possession. And so we'll see what it goes from there. And it mentions that in the uh, dictionary. Um, the write-up of it? Yeah. The, the definition of the, the definition word. The definition of yeah. the word. So demonic or whatever. So it's it's I think it's going to be so good, and it's a lot of pages for two ninety nine. It's well past the regular yeah. comic book. So, in the memoir, then he writes about uh, reading Roald Dahl's witches right yeah. around that same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And this comic reminds me a lot of like mixing Roald Dahl's witches and the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. Like you know, that's what it reminds me of. Like, huh. like, okay. Like the teeth and stuff remind me totally of. Of Blair Witch, and but the the figures coming out of the trees remind me of the Gold Doll book for some reason. So. I don't think I've ever read that. Mm -mm. I read it a couple of times when I was a kid. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, score book. Uh, you, me, yes. Okay, I I give it a four. It's pretty good. It's it's definitely horror story wise. It there's just a lot of there's so many questions and. I think I don't know. I I liked it. It was it was good. It, it's 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 definitely good. Uh, Mr. Mike. Well, like I said, it has a real genuine feel to it. Something we can all relate to. Um, I've never been a big witch fan. It's always been on the bottom of the monster yeah. pile for <laughs> me. But uh, this is is more like the Blair Witch. Witch is just like pure evil. Mm -hmm. um, and that team. But that colorist makes a huge difference Definitely. in this book. And Jock, he can he can draw horror. They've worked together before. Mm -hmm. I, for a first issue for me, I think this is going to be amazing. I got a five. Straws? I'd give it a four and a half. I really really liked it. <coughs> I, the horror wise, it was a lot more supernaturally and mm -hmm. and not as much uh, like a gore best type thing i guess right which i guess most comics don't really have that problem as much but uh yeah and character wise he did a really really good job of developing those characters in one issue and he made me care about all of them without knowing about any of them beforehand mm -hmm. so right with well, the father dollar like the joking between each other and trying to calm her down and talking about her anxiety and stuff mm. yeah that was pretty cool great I think it's a solid uh, first issue. I, I want to see where it's going. Um, the art is maybe not my favorite type of art, right. but uh, it uh, does the mood great. Uh, the coloring sets, uh, it improves even that. It uh, is evocative. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a four. Cool. Curtis? As we all know, we could usually take or leave Jock. Right. Um, he's not my favorite. But in this book, he's, it feels like he's tightened it up a lot. Um, and that's usually how he does through his panel work. Like his covers are really loose. And I'm guessing he usually does the co colors on his covers. Right. Um, but this, it, it makes the story, I think. Um, and you can see in that they actually do a uh, snippet of the... Uh, the script and uh snyder says it's up to you jock on how he wants to view this particular panel so given that artist that freedom 
superb. And Jock, like I said, I think he's tightened it up a little bit. Right. Snyder, you can't go wrong with. The colors do make the the book. It kind of it, it has the feel of uh, like Williamson's other book, Nailbiter. Oh except yeah, yeah. More supernatural. That's true. So, yeah, the afterword that he, the explanation he gives added to it too for me anyway. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely a lot. Yeah, because it kind of endures you. Hey, I used to think that when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm, I'm torn between four and a half and five, but I think I'm gonna give it a five. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a damn good book. And I love horror, and I know horror doesn't get done very well in script work. It has to be seen, usually. Have, right. you, read, have you read Severed? I Not yet. I believe I own it, but I don't. I haven't read it yet. That's. It it's, it's not gory. Right. It's not gory, but it eludes. It's just the tension that gets built. Right. It's, it's, it's good. It's so, crazy. So he's done it before, and he'll do it he again. He knows what he's doing. Like right. I said, I'll give it a five. It's just the complete package right there. And it's not a superhero. It's not right. CSI work. It's right. straight up witches, and it, it does it right. But there's an honesty to it, a feel. Yeah. Like he knows what he, he's been wanting to write this for a while. Which is with a Y. Right. So that makes it better. Well, and like the like the like you're saying, the letter column in the back of it. I mean, everybody's it, the woods are freaking scary, man. Mm-hmm. You've been out of the woods in the but, dark at all? But that sure. did, that didn't stop us. No, that's true. We went right in there. Enjoyed yeah. it exactly. We like being scared, and this yeah. is this is kind of harkening back to that primal fear that we used to have as children, but we never let it stop us. You know, now that you bring it up, you know, I used to grow up with a uh, woods right by my uh, backyard, mm-hmm. and I'd mess around in that all the time. And I loved the uh, that woods. That was a great place to play and what all. And most of the times, it was a pretty friendly spot. But then right. you'd go in there that one day, and I don't know, something would be going off like right behind you and all. And all of a sudden, that it's uh, like Blair friendly Witch. place yeah. turns into a, a real menacing place. Even right. when you know you know you can just well in my case I could just go up the ridge and I'd be back on the uh, road and what all. But it's kind of like maybe that Blair, I need to go home for a while now. It's kind of like that Blair that's Witch like movie when you hear the rocks cracking mm-hmm. together because you've right. heard shit like that. Yeah, right. And, and that's what made that movie so. It brings back a lot of memories. And you, makes it real unsettling. You could live in those woods. You knew your stashes. You knew where things were. Right. Kids knew exactly where stuff was, and parents weren't going to find it. You knew where the playboys were. You knew where everything <laughs> was. Exactly. You know what I mean? I had trap lines in yeah. the woods. Right. So. And, and it, like I said, you just didn't stop going. Regardless of how scary it was, you would not stop going. It's like on some of those overcast, dark, rainy days, mm-hmm. and the trees are so thick, it's not even wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's kind of really dark. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it can and be real unsettling. When a book can put those ideas back in your head and provoke that kind of right. feel, that, that means it's a good book. I don't mm-hmm. get that from a lot of books. True. I agree. So, yeah. big five O for me. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I, I definitely say it's worth checking out. It, it's, it's, it's good. I just hesitate handing out fives because what happens when, uh, you know, the next issue comes out and it's better than the uh, first issue? First yeah. issue Five and a half. I don't give out fives very often. Not very often. often. Yeah, Hardly yeah. ever. But this one deserves it, I think. Mm-hmm. Or a four, okay. 4.75. <laughs> I can count on one right. hand. I think we all can count on one hand how many fives we've given out. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Good stuff. It's definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's, it's good. 
Zora got a second print too, but that's a lot of image books do that with the first issue. Yeah. So. Of course, you know, I think this is the first time I've ever given a one and a half. Huh. I think you're right. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I've given an F before, but never a one and a half. You know, I think that's kind of the same thing, but not quite the same. <laughs> mm. It's all in one podcast. There's been some books I probably let slide. Should have been a one and a half. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, we have an interview from Sanford Green from uh, San Diego, and I said we'd run it last episode. So this will put it a little long, but uh, nevertheless. You can skip to it. Right, you know. Well, if you're listening to it now, it's only going to be a minute or two before we get to it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm Rob, and this is Steve with Top 5 Comics, and this is... Sanford Green. How's it going, guys? All right, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. So... What's up? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I understand you got a one-shot getting ready to come out from Dark Horse. Yeah, I'm working on um, this uh, creator-owned book called Rotten Apple. Uh, It's a creator-owned book with me and writer Chuck Brown. And uh, working on it right now is not on the schedule yet. Um, I did a one-shot for it that came out last year or earlier this year, and I'm doing another one-shot. I'm trying to do the Mike Mignola thing where I'm doing a series of like one shots and okay. you know mini series that kind of thing just to try to you know keep the uh, brand out there. Um, you know I'm doing some work over at Marvel Uncanny Avengers issue 23 should be coming out uh, next month. Um, so I worked, worked on that uh, doing some Captain America Falcon. Okay. Yeah, I'm working on some of that stuff right now. Um, just cover stuff. That's cool. And uh, like I said, Rotten Apple uh, over at Dark Horse. So, yeah, a little busy. Somewhat. Well, it's good to be busy sometimes. Oh, yeah. All the time. When, when you're doing art, yes. All, all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. When did you realize that you really wanted to do this for a living? Um, wow, let's see. I guess when I got out of high school, I think I was a lot more in tune to where I really wanted to go. Still didn't understand how to create comics and how to go about, you know, uh, the process of creating comic books. But um, I went to a small convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, Heroes Con. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like one of the, the grandfathers of conventions, right? Yeah, just been for a while. Going on for a long time. Old school guys, really good traditional guys, um, but a great, great... Um, guest list that they have there. Uh, anyway, this is the year that Image first formed, and all of the creators came out. And I'm still, you know, fresh out of school, starry-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh wow! Don't don't pitch that picture. You know, just excited about things, and uh, I brought my portfolio, what I thought was a portfolio. It was like a bunch of like loosely paper and drawings and stuff on loosely paper. And, um, you know, show my work to a lot of the image guys. Jim Lee saw some of, some of my work and he was excited about what I was doing. You know, of course, looking back at the work it was horrible, but you know, I, I was wondering if he was lying to me just to kind of move me along. You know, it's cool and it kind of pushed me out. But no, he took time and we, we talked and um, showed my work to other people in the area, and I was like, wow, you know, it was, it was pretty uh, impactful for me. So. That's kind of that got the ball rolling for me to want to do, you know, this uh, this comic book thing. Right. Yeah. It's funny how things change. Cause like Jim Lee to me was like one of the 
one of the big, big time people in the comic art. Right. And now people are like, oh, Jimmy, you can't even get stuff that uh, he's always going to put this color and stuff. It's so strange to me that that's that it's changed that much. Right. Like, yeah. I love Jim Lee's work. Like, right. Anything he works on, I, I want to get. Right. Sorry. Yeah, you know, it, it, again, he, you know, that was back then when the, the hype was there, and of course, you know. Yeah, we didn't talk, man. It was huge. Yeah, it was huge, and, you know, they gave us a false sense of security. They thought that, wow, you know, I can be a superstar artist, too, and, you know, buy a house off of my first drawing and all kinds of weird stuff, you know, and it just wasn't real. And, um, you know, so that's that that was the thing. It was just one of those things where you just felt like, hey, I get in the comic industry right now, I'll be rich, too. And this wasn't really the case, not for anyone like myself. And if you did get in at that time, it was like a, you know, it was a quick burnout, you know? How many guys that came in that were image guys, that they just came in because of image, they got jobs at image, and, you know, are they still working now? Not really, you know? Where's Champ Yap? You ever heard of it? Remember that guy? Remember that guy? Where is he? You know? Black, you know, yeah. not, he's honestly doing some stuff. Is Black, okay. Black is, but he's not doing comic stuff. Okay. He's actually doing movie yeah, stuff from what I heard. Right. Yeah, he's doing some no conceptual stuff. That's cool. But it, there's many more other guys that oh, yeah. you know, aren't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and they were making lots of money back then and just not, you know, yeah. saving it. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys know Dan Panisian, you know. Well, he was an anchor. Um, and he inked a lot of stuff for, I think he inked, he was a part of the Scream Studios, Rob Liefeld and all those guys. And um, his art style is totally different now. You know, Dan Panesian, he's, he's, a, he's an awesome uh, illustrator now, but he was, he was an anchor. And his inking, his inking was, you know, he inked Rob Liefeld, you know. That's how he got in. And a lot of people just didn't think that. Where he is now, you look up, look up, look up his work. You see what he's doing now. And it's like he's the only guy that I know that came from any of that stuff that's doing anything relevant right now in the city. Especially from that that studio, that stream studio. You know, the exception of Rob Liefeld, he's the only one still out there. But you know, he's Rob Liefeld. Right. Yeah. So, is there? Can you pick a character to work on? Like any character. Who would you work with? Like Carter Blanche, any company, whatever. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sort of doing some of that now with my own stuff. Right. With my own stuff. Actually, everyone wants to do that to some degree. Um, but I'm over at Marvel and I'm, I'm working on, you know, Captain America. Uh, you know, which, you look at my style, you think, really Captain America? But, you know, having a Falcon as the Captain, I get to play around with some stuff, you know. Get to do some stuff like that, and so I'm excited. You know, I'm actually doing the very things that I'm. There's one other character I think uh, I would love to reimagine Black Panther. I think that'd be kind of cool. Really play up on that technology thing. Really play up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like Black Panther a lot. Yeah. I'm looking at your Deadpool. I I think Moon Knight. That would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. After looking at, um, gosh, what's the artist that's drawing it now? Del, 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 Del,
Right. It's bad. But you you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, you know. Yeah. Sorry, you know, but you're a great artist. It's true. And Warren Ellis, you know, he's Warren Ellis. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, you know, you know, that, that sounds cool. I love I love that guy's work. I love his work. Yeah. Well, it's been the first five issues been great. I'm sure right. Brian Little do just fine. He's a good writer too. So as far as the book's concerned, I don't think I don't think he's gonna go anywhere really. Yeah. Like as far as like cancellation or whatever. Right. Like the first five issues have been really strong. Right. So that's like, true. Yeah. It's hard to follow. Right? You know, when, when Warren starts, it's hard to follow. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but if you have the chance, Rotten Apple. Yes. Would that be the one. You would that, would, that would be the one. Which again, you know, is stuff that I would love to do. You know, I'm 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 doing it. You know, for the most part. I'm doing it. And I know we were talking the other day, and you were like. I want to get this out here quick because there's something else that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's stuff with images, a lot of stuff that's happening over there. And, you know, we got a chance to do something over there, too, that would be really cool. So, work on this, try to get some Marvel, more Marvel stuff done in, in the can, and then by this time for next year, hopefully I'll be able to announce some stuff at Image. That's the plan. You know. What would be awesome is to get enough together and, like, Trade it out and have right. Well, that's the whole point. That's yeah. the whole point is to try to do that, but you know. Right. Well, the one shot is supposed to be the bigger book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Always look for that. The whole thing is for top five comics. Okay. So oh, if wow. you were stranded on a desert island, what five Man, you items? I put my picking cap on. It's like the end of the day. I'm like, right, no, okay, let's see. We should have everybody with this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay, stranded on the island. See, here's the. All right. My sound kind of bad. I don't read a lot of the comics and stuff right now, so I'll probably go more old school with this thing. You know, um, well, top the top of my list as far as current book is well, it's not a current book, but it's more recent. It's X Force, the one Rick Remender and Jerome Abena. Yeah, that that oh god, that that's probably the the most immediate thing I can think of. Um, oh man. Top five? I can give you three. Otherwise, I can give you three. Okay. Um, regular items. Regular items. Okay. I will get a toothbrush. I need that. Deodorant. And my X Force hardcover special edition signed by Rick Remender. And one last thing. And a hip hop mixtape of all of the. Uh, hip hop music from '88 to '96. Okay. I have a collection of that. I'm sorry. Something to play. Something to play. Well, there you go, Dick. Help me out here, man. He's my supplier. He's my supplier. Yeah, have me a nice little iPod or whatever. Right, right. Have that on your. That's the best way to do it too. iPod because you can put a lot on. You can put a lot on there. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when you're working on your stuff, is that do you, do you typically go to that to like just kind of keep it going? I go to that. I go to podcasts. You know, I, li I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'll start listening to your podcast now. Your podcast, so, you know, it's gonna get on. If it's really good, it'll be up there in, in my top five, right? Yeah, there we go. Top five. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know where we do things. So. No, that's cool. That's cool. If you live in Fantasyland, Fantasy you ride on a chocolate pony. Oh, say that one more time. If you lived in Fantasyland. Fantasyland. Would you ride on a chocolate pony? <laughs> That's the reaction I should have. Yeah, I'm sitting here going. That's what I want to say. I want to say yes. Right in Fantasyland. It's, it's in Fantasyland, right? Yes. I mean, you can do this in Fantasyland. I mean, you can't do it here, can you? No. 
and it wouldn't melt in Fantasyland. I wouldn't think as so. hot as it is in this building right now. Right. There's no way in the world I could ride it in here. <laughs> right. No, exactly. That would be a little awkward with me riding it, and it might brush up against, you know, another part. Okay, now we're going down a bad place here. We're going to a bad place. Anyway, right. I wouldn't, you know, Fantasyland, yes. Okay. Yes. Wow, and I feel like there needs to be some closure in that, but maybe not. Just leave it there, right? Pretty much where it is. Some things, some things left, you know, best left. Unsaid, right? Leave it alone. Right? You're too much into it. His feet are melting. His hopes are covered in grass. Oh gosh! Wow! Exactly. Wow, you thought that out, man. You thought it out. It depends on who's. It all depends on the answer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fantasy yeah. line. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Oh, wow. It works. Okay, I'm sitting here going, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm trying to feel secure about my answer, man. No, you're good. I'm good. You're okay. Good. So, Sam Green, awesome guy. Um, I can't cool wait to artist. that. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's a good interview. Uh, uh, he's a, he's a cool cat, I'm, but definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of his stuff. And connection-wise, I'm really hoping whatever he was talking about with Rick Remender is gonna pan out to be something. So it's, it, he was he's supposed a cool to be on Deadly Class. Uh, yeah, originally he was supposed to do art for Deadly Class, and then something changed. So, or he had something else he had to do. You must be looking forward to the Shaft book if you're talking like that. He's a cool cat. I don't necessarily know if that has anything to do with Shaft, but he's one bad mother. Yeah. Shut, Shut your mouth. mouth. Oh, I'm just talking about <laughs> Sanford Green this time. <laughs> you, all right. You tricked me. Yeah. Uh, so let's see uh, some books to watch. Uh, Curtis? Keep on Witches. Um, Nailbiter. Birthright's going to be amazing, I think. Yeah. Um, I hope it doesn't let down. I hope we get to see more of uh, Mikey's story. I, I'm sure they'll do more flashbacks. In Fantasyland. Yeah. But, I mean, to raise Earth, meaning burn it to the ground. Right. I think that's going to be a hell of a story. Um, gosh dang. There's a bunch of books that I thought of that I can't remember, but I'll remember <laughs> while you guys are talking. <laughs> All right. Oh, Quantum and Woody Must Die. It's going to be the artist from uh, Superior Spider-Man. Oh, right. And James Osmus, who's been writing Quantum and Woody. We're going to have a little four-parter four there. I think it's going to be fun times. So. Come out from there, uh, Valiant. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, Shroth. The Sabrina book that just came out. Keep watching that series. I mean, it's something totally different than right than anything you've read before. It's even different than the Afterlife with Archie stuff. Right. It's in the same tone, but it's not the same story at all. So. In that regard, we haven't seen Afterlife with Archie in the previews for the last three months now. No. Yeah. I so think. I think it's for a new story arc thing. Yeah. I think it'll be a little bit. Well, seven, the second part seven was like a standalone for Sabrina to kick that off. I'm guessing that's what they were. And it's funny because it was, but it takes place in the afterlife with Archie's story and not right. in her own. Right. I heard that the next arc is going to feature Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Right. And uh, what is and what's going on outside of Riverdale? I, and I just oh, read that the witches got option for the big screen. Really? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I just read that. Yeah. Let the... Let, geez, chill. <laughs> chill. What about Bitch Planet? You want to talk about Bitch Planet? <laughs> Mike, Bitch Planet? I, I want to check that out, just because of the title. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're... That's, we, we live in it, man. We're living on that planet. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Can we cut that? <laughs> the world's full of them. Can we say it? In, in a lot, in many different ways. Right. That's a lie from a show that I, I wrote once. I don't remember. You do too, you liar. Hate Twinkies. Right. Um, yeah, it, it looks pretty interesting. Ross? Ross, you got something else? Batman and Robin, still. I'm actually really liking the looks of Batman Endgame, too. Right. It's crazy. Crazy. Oh, and supposedly they're in the works for another Jeff Johns, Ivan Riz, Aquaman arc. Really? Probably because the other one lost a lot of readers. It's not confirmed yet, but there's just been little there's a reason talks that. about it. Right. That supposedly that might be why they're not in Justice League anymore. Huh, okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Jeff Johns is still writing Justice League. But right. Ivan Reyes isn't, isn't doing the art anymore. anymore. It's a different artist. Same writer, different artist. Yeah. Is it Doug Nanke? Mm, I think so. I think so, oh, yeah. yeah. It's not bad, but it's not the same. Right. Craig? Well, there's uh, American Vampire. Right. And uh, I think Rocket Girl started back up, right? Hasn't yet. Not it's yet. getting oh. close, though. Uh, it was supposed to start up uh, last month, wasn't it? Didn't happen. They missed it. The Unstoppable Squir- Squirrel Girl is going to be coming out for tomorrow. Right. Oh, why did nobody tell me? The yeah, West Coast Avengers are making a <laughs> comeback. I got told. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that or not, but Squirrel Girl is awesome. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon, number five, is going to have art by Jake Parker. Really? Who we met at the con. Yeah. Hung out with. Wasn't it Skull Chaser? Yeah. Yeah. It changed. It's got his name changed. Yeah. That's I, how I remember it. Right. Yeah. The webcomic. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. Frankenstein from it. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah cool. Cool guy. Interesting. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And I think I could be wrong, but I think that's the first like big company book that he's worked on at all. So mm-hmm. it might be. I know he has some of his own published stuff from school. Well, yeah, he's got a he does a bunch of different like I don't know that mashup art stuff. Yeah, yeah, and he changes his style to fit what he's drawing. It's right, so good. He's a cool guy. And then uh, Transformers Drift, uh, All right. Age of Stone is supposed to come out uh, here before too long, so keep your eye out on that one. It's going to tie into a uh, popular uh, More Than Meets the Eye series. Right. And the two main characters are Ratchet and Drift. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Should be fun. Cool. What? Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift? Yeah. Are you back on the boat now? No. <laughs> I'm just mentioning that. I think it'll be good for those who like vampires. You've got books there. I might get them, though. CSI Vampires. All right. CSI vampires. Yeah. Well, CSI then runs into vampires. That's kind of... That's all you really had to say. Right. Grissom versus vampires. This could be yeah. fun. There's no Grissom. Grissom-esque. Yes. There's going to be some guy who's going to be Grissom. <laughs> There's always some Grissom in the stories. There's got to be Grissom. Right. Mr. Mike? I'll agree with Curtis, which is obvious, right. obviously. Sure. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy... Continues to be pretty good. Right. Uh, the Spider Verse stuff. Yeah. Which fun. I heard that they're going to give the like Gwen Stacy Spider Woman. They're going to give her a book. 
That's what I don't it's know if it's going to be a miniseries or what. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard you to know, see where it's going to go. I may be on board with that. That was pretty good. And the new Spider Woman. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the uh, Gerard Butler one. Uh, oh, the, the Age of Spider Verse, the fifth one? Gerard yeah. Butler. It's Gerard Way. Okay. Way. I was going to say, the dude from 300, that would be awesome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <So>, you know. <laughs> this is Spider-Man. <laughs> this God. is New York. I don't know what's going to happen with the Red Lanterns, but as long as Charles Soule's writing it, it should be pretty solid. So. Spe- speaking of New York, yeah. Escape from New York. Oh, right. It's yeah. a good it's a good segue. Yeah. Kurt Russell. That's right, and it should be fantastic. Calling Snake. Snake Pliskin. That's right. All muscly. It should be it should be pretty awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm in, into that one. Shaft. Shaft's going to come out, too. James Bond. Ah, I mean, James Bond's a little ways That's out. That's going to be so. next year. But, yeah. I, it's interesting because Shaft hasn't had a comic book before, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. One of the few properties that exist out there with that from that type of genre that's never been like a comic book before. So, but yeah, I, I think uh, Shadow will be cool. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, Safe from New York. Uh, I, I'm man, I'm excited about Rumble. We were talking about it earlier today. All that weird thing. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. You better hit the button soon. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, anyway. Uh, all right, well, let's go and we'll call it for. Can I call it Ross? Tiki? Oi, skillet! Tiki. Mike? Uh, you know I can't. Yeah. Oh, why start now? Tiki! Tiki! Scissor. All right. Gabon! I still have that DVD in my computer. Do you? <laughs> it's still on the floor of my <laughs> house somewhere. Who are you?